Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the September 29th uh, telephonic ACB Board of Directors meeting, Resolutions Part 2, uh, broadcast on ACB Media 6. And uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, we're going to try to get started right on time here because we have a very full agenda, short but very full agenda this evening. Uh, just to help everybody set their expectations, uh, the uh, original reading of these resolutions, and by the way, special thanks to Deb Cook-Lewis for um, really stepping up and helping the resolutions committee by reading all of the resolutions and making them available for our membership on ACB Media 10. But uh, the first reading before the the compacting of the uh, and speeding up of the resolutions was approximately 80 minutes. And so I'm expecting with titles and introductions and all that tonight, just, just the reading of the resolutions is going to take an hour and a half. So that's before we start discussing, debating, hearing from the makers of the resolutions and voting. Uh, and uh, amending and, and all that. So I just want to give you all, uh, a, a, that's why we kind of are getting started a half hour earlier than we had originally planned. Um, the goal is to be done by 1130. That might be a Eastern. That might be a very optimistic goal. Gabe was saying perhaps uh, 1130 Pacific. So we'll see who's closer, who's closer to that, to, to the reality here. Uh, but with that said, uh, we're going to go ahead and call the meeting to order. And now I will introduce uh, uh, Denise Colley, ACB Secretary, for the uh, roll call and introduction of guests. So, Denise. Thank you. Dan Spoon. Uh, here. Deb Cook-Lewis. Here. Ray Campbell. <clears throat> he, must, he must be yeah. muted or something. So he was here. Oh, okay. I, I move on, I guess. Um, I'm here. David Trot. Here. Kim Charlson. I'm here. Chris Bell. Here. Jeff Bishop. Here. Donna Brown. Here. Jim Crott, I know, is not here. Doug Powell. I'm here. Kenneth Simeon? Here. Pat Sheehan? Here. Connie Sims? Connie is not here this evening. She's having some surgery, so she sends her regrets. Yeah. Michael Talley? Here. Jeff Tom? Jeff? Okay. Uh, from the BOP, Penny Reader. Here. There's Jeff. Let me just write this down. Um, here. All right. Uh, staff, Eric Bridges. Here. Um, Clark Rockfall. Here. Um, what other staff are here? I don't go through Sharon the list. Sharon is here. Okay. 
Kelly Gask. Kelly. Okay. And Jeff is here. Got you, Jeff. Okay. And um, Rick, Rick, Rick is here, Denise. Kelly and Sharon. Um, and is Nancy here? I am here right now. Yes. Any other staff? Contract. I believe that's it. I'm here. Got Rick. Got Rick. Okay. Chris Ray. Okay. Okay. Um, from the resolutions committee, I know Gabe is here. Who else from the resolutions yeah, committee? Uh, Mark Reichert's here. Mark. Okay. Anybody else from resolutions? <clears throat> Anybody else from resolutions? Okay. How about other guests? I just heard Sheila. Guillermo Robles. No. Okay. Other guests? Our artist Basin. Guess. Okay. Donna guess? and Mitch Pomeranz. Donna and Mitch Pomeranz. Donna and Mitch. Hi, guys. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Lori Sharp Special Education Task Force. Yeah. Okay. Other guess? Any other guests? I did hear Margie Donovan join and then drop off. So she, she was here and she'll probably be back. Yeah. Okay. And and Denise, it's Ray Campbell. I am here. I was having a little computer mischief. Oh, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Thank you. All right, Mr. Chair, that completes the call of the roll. Thank you, Denise. And I'm sure we will have other um, uh, we will have other um, resolution committee members as well as uh, submitters of resolutions and writers of resolutions that will come in throughout the evening. Uh, we'll take the we'll take the resolutions in the order they were presented. So I think people will probably timing wise jump in when it gets closer to their resolution. Um, but okay, so let us now. Uh, item three on the agenda is review and approval of the agenda. So the agenda is very short this evening. Uh, so one is call to order. Uh, Dan Spoon, president. Two is um, roll call and introduction of guests and staff. Uh, Denise Colley, secretary. Three is review and approval of the agenda. Four is review and approval of the July 16th uh, pre-convention uh, board of directors meeting minutes with Denise Colley, secretary. Five is nominations and appointment of the budget committee for 2020, fall of 2021 and 2022. And that uh, we, we elect three um, members of our board and officers to serve on the budget committee. And that will be done by our uh, ACB board of directors this evening. Uh, six is the resolutions uh, part two, which 17 different resolutions we're going to consider this evening. And then seven is adjourned. Um, so do I have uh, a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. David's moved and second. Donna Brown. Don, Donna Brown, I heard first. Uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. Um, 
now we'll go on to item four on the agenda, which is review and approval of the July 16th meeting minutes. Um, they have been submitted to the board. Denise, um, any, this is your item. Do you want to call for um, perhaps a motion to approve the meeting minutes? Yes, the July 16th minutes were submitted to the board and um, there were updates that were resubmitted to the board. So I would entertain a motion to accept those minutes. Denise has moved. Do we have a second? Second, second. Kim. Second, Kim. Thank you. And thank you, Kim, for your for coordinating with Denise. And uh, any uh, corrections, uh, additions, deletions to the meeting minutes? All right. Hearing none, all those in favor of approval of the meeting minutes signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. And Denise, thank you very much for all your efforts in that area. I know those were pretty long meeting minutes, so I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Um, item, item number five is uh, our last item before we get to the resolutions, which is approval of our three positions for our budget committee for this upcoming year. Uh, the people who served on the budget committee last year were David Trott, our treasurer, Kim Charlson, our immediate past president, and Pat Sheehan, board of directors from Maryland. I asked for board members to please reach out to me if they had interest in serving on the budget committee. I've heard from four of you all. So the four members that asked to put their name in nomination are uh, David Trott, Hello. Kim Charlson, Pat Sheehan, and Deb Cook-Lewis. Uh, are there others that would like their name to be put in nomination for the budget committee? All right. Well, well hearing none, we have four. How do we want to proceed here? Do we want to have people uh, kind of vote for their top three um what what is the 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 pleasure of the group i think um mr president yes jeff is there an objection to having all four serve on the budget committee well um i think our constitution calls for three it calls it does it does yeah um I I think all four are 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 very are very deserving. Um, so, um, hey Dan, I, I, yes. If it helps yes, move things along, with Deb being an officer and is my last year, I can withdraw my name and and you can have those three. Okay, are you comfortable with that? You're comfortable with that, Pat. Oh yeah, I'm fine with that. That's yeah, good. Cause yeah, because you're you are rolling off at the end. I am rolling of, off in, in, in July. Yeah, yeah. and and, and, and Deb that, can thank me later for that one. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Not a problem. Well, yeah. well, good. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate yes. that. Okay. Not a problem. Okay, so we have three nominees for three positions. So, um, all those in favor of um, any, or any more discussion? If none, okay. Then all those in favor of approving David Trot. Treasurer Kim Charlson, immediate past president, and Deb Cook-Lewis, first vice president, as our three members of the budget committee signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. And thank you, Pat, for your service here over the um, 
over the, the past several years of being on the budget committee. Done an outstanding job and we really appreciate it. And you're not getting off. You're still got to be part of the investment committee and other committees that you're serving on. So. <laughs> Excellent, sir. Good. Th thank appreciate you. It. And as well as the voting task force, which will keep you very busy. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, all right. Now it's time for item six, which is our resolutions part two. Uh, I'm going to um, ask Gabe Griffin, Griffin to give Gabe Griffin, the chair of our uh, resolutions committee, uh, to introduce uh, each of the resolutions and then uh, with who the submitters are for the resolutions, uh, since he's been the one working so closely with each of these resolutions with his committee. And then we will ask Susan Glass to actually read the resolution. And then we will turn it over uh, to me to kind of conduct the debate and the discussion and the vote on each resolution. So, um, I think Gabe has done an outstanding job uh, pulling everything together, and I, I want him to, to be recognized for him and his committee's efforts this evening. Also wanted to let everybody know on the stream that we are monitoring the stream. So if the stream goes down for any reason on ACB Media 6, we will stop the meeting until we get the stream reconnected. So everybody knows that we are, we are actively monitoring the stream. And... With that said, I'm going to go ahead and Gabe, I don't know, we, we got through the first part quick. So if Susan's not here yet, you may have to help us out on the first resolution, but we will turn okay. it over to Gabe Griffith to introduce our first resolution for the evening. And, and hopefully Susan will be here by the novel of the second, second resolution. Yes. <laughs> I'll be happy to help you read, Gabe, if you need a reader. Oh, yeah, okay, I, I okay. could too. Don't we also have, don't we also have the recording? <laughs> Well, as I said, before we get started, I I want to echo what Dan said and thank you, Deb. Uh, by the time these things got done on Friday afternoon, um, I did, that was kind of one of the things that I did not find somebody to to record them. So uh, thank you, Deb, for realizing that today and stepping up and getting them all recorded. That was that was huge. Um, the first resolution, and actually, if you do have this first one up, because my hands are. I'm really dealing with some health stuff this week and my hands are really hurting. So if, if you do have this first resolution up and would be willing to read, that would be wonderful. But resolution one is on mandatory disability awareness training for healthcare workers. And it came to us from the California Council of the Blind. And I apologize, I believe Frank Welty was the original uh, submitter of that. Um, and so uh, that's where that one came from. Deb, do you have it up to read? I do. I can read it. Sure. Um, whereas many healthcare facilities and professionals exhibit a widespread ignorance of the distinct needs, abilities, life experiences, and cultural sensitivities of consumers with disabilities, including those who are blind or have low vision, and whereas this widespread ignorance engenders discrimination, inadequate service, and reduced health 
outcomes for consumers with disabilities, and whereas most healthcare providers receive little or no disability awareness training, and whereas the regulation and training of healthcare providers is largely a state matter, and the manner in which to best undertake advocacy efforts to successfully bring about quality disability awareness training will differ from state to state, whereas healthcare facilities include, but are not limited to, hospitals, nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and surgery centers, and professionals refer to individuals working in the medical profession, including doctors, therapists, nurses, receptionists, and EMTs. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically this 29th day of September 2021, that this organization urge its state affiliates to strongly consider undertaking advocacy efforts to create disability awareness training requirements for healthcare facilities, professionals, and their staffs. And uh, the uh, recommend was a DuPac. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Deb, for the reading. I'm going to ask uh, the board members uh, if, um, because we have such short time tonight, I don't think we need a lot of folks um, necessarily uh, speaking initially in favor of each of the resolutions. So I'm going to ask, oh, did Jeff, did you have a? Yeah, yeah Mr. President, um, on behalf of Connie Sims, yes. I want to propose an amendment that I, I think is friendly. It's up to Gabe, but. Basically, the amendment would be to add a last resolved clause that would say, um, further resolved that when a state affiliate works on this resolution, it be urged to work with the Get Up and Get Moving campaign or the ACB Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Mm. The, the, and I'll give you the rationale. If, if folks want to know what the rationale for it is, I can elucidate but um, on that. Agree with you on that, Jeff. This is Pat. Wouldn't it be the health issues task force that we'd work with, though, not to get up and get moving? Campaign? Well, the, the health issues task force has been dormant for several years. Yeah, we don't even. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and also, this is one of the pillars under the um, yeah. uh, get up and go. Campaign. Got it. Got it. Got so it, got it, it got fits it. in there very nicely. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Uh, again, as I was saying, really want to concentrate on people who have amendments or have um, things they would like to speak against on the resolutions. Otherwise, if the vast majority are in favor, we'll go ahead and, and move forward. So are there any other board members that we wish to speak on any kind of amendments or concerns with this particular resolution? Mr. President, this is Chris Bell. And, yes, Chris. Uh, I am entirely in favor of the substance of this resolution and the intent of this resolution and know that everything that's said in it is correct, but I think the timing of passing this resolution in the middle of the COVID pandemic um, is problematic. Um, our entire healthcare infrastructure is under incredible strain and in many states is breaking. And we are losing all kinds of healthcare professionals, many including nurses, but, but uh, not just nurses. And in addition, we have additional demands over and above COVID uh, because of the uh, climactic 
disasters of floods and fires and whatnot that are creating a lot of anxiety and depression <laughs> loss of profit. So it just seems to me this is the wrong time to say to healthcare providers through our affiliates, oh, by the way, we'd oh, like I you to do something that. else. All right. So I'm, I'm, I agree with the resolution, but I think it makes us look close. Mr. President, if I could answer that. Sure. Point. Go ahead, Jeff. And, and we've got a couple of people that aren't muted. So if you're not planning to speak right now, please mute yourself. Thank you. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. So, Chris, I, I certainly see the validity of that point, but I, I would only say when this passed in California, I was the first one to say, look, this is really a very long term resolution. We aren't going to solve this issue um, with all the different healthcare professionals, uh, groups, groupings in this country for years and years and years. So I don't see really a problem with passing it now as opposed to passing it. The sooner we pass it, the sooner we can get started to work on it. But if this is a long-term goal. Oh, of course it's a long-term goal, but I still think it makes us look like we don't have a clue with what's going on in the world. Right. Right, to start right now. I mean, I'm just saying this isn't a good time to start. I, will, I wouldn't want to be an affiliate leader and going out to healthcare groups and say, gee, you know, let's, let's do some additional training. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I think maybe the second clause that uh, Jeff just uh, added as an amendment and we, uh, we approved, I think is a really good compromise there because what that's doing is saying the get up and get moving campaign, which is going to be a three-year at least a three-year initiative for the American Council of Blind. I think if we give that committee the kind of the auspices to to work this in and, and coordinate with the affiliates at the appropriate time, I think that could cover this. Okay. You know, if we kind of look at it in that spirit. Mr. President, this is Doug. Uh, point yes. of clarification, please. Um, um, do, so was that accepted as a friendly amendment? Is uh, Oh, I, I, I well, that's a good question. It was put forward by the California Council of the Blind. So they'll have, Jeff, I assume you're kind of the the California Council of the Blind. Well, no, I, I guess I, I would I, defer to Gabe. The I mean, Gabe? I'm hoping it's friendly. Right. But yes, yeah. yes, I would agree that it's friendly. Okay. Okay, fine. Right. Okay, that's cool. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. Both, both as, CCB, you know, as a CCB representative and as the Resolutions Committee Chair, I, I like that amendment. Okay, good. Okay, so thank good 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 point of clarification. Thank you, thank you, Doug. Any any other discussion? And Jeff, I didn't quite get that exact wording. Would you mind if I got together with you? Yes, you know, I'll, I'll email tomorrow. It email it to me. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. All right. Hearing no other discussion. All those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. I'm opposed. Thank you. All right. Thank Chris, would you like to be recorded as so in the minutes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Denise will so note. All right. Thank you. All right. We will now go on to our second resolution for the evening, which I think is 2021-4. And I did hear Susan Glass arrive. So she's getting her vocal cords limbered up for the, the, the marathon of, uh, of the resolutions. And this is the longest poll in the tent, so to speak. So uh, with that, go ahead. Go ahead, Gabe. Yeah. yeah. Susan, welcome. You came in right at the, at the <laughs> right time. Uh, resolution number four is on uh, 
It's a resolution addressing allegations of sexual assault, harassment, and abuse at blindness training centers and other rehabilitation programs. This resolution, again, originally came to us from the California Council of the Blind, but there were many, many, many other entities that worked on it, including the ACB Rehab Task Force and I'm sure other entities that I'm not recalling right now. Right, and we have both what Mitch and Margie here to speak yes, on this. I, yes, I know I've heard yes. Mitch and Margie on the call. Yeah. And we'll now turn it over to Susan <clears throat> to read the resolution. So welcome, Susan. We've got her there. Are you muted, Susan? Because we're not hearing you. John, I didn't hear her leave. Yeah. She is muted right now. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, yes we hear you, Susan. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm very sorry. Oh okay. no, you weren't sorry. We were fast. You you told us you were going to be you were going to be late. We got here quicker than we thought we would. So That's okay. That's Thank okay. you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Resolution addressing allegations of sexual assault, harassment and abuse at blindness training centers and other rehabilitation programs submitted by the California Council of the Blind. Whereas in recent months, scores of credible allegations have surfaced regarding sexual assault, harassment, and other forms of inappropriate behavior of a sexual nature, as well as charges of bullying and demeaning conduct on the part of students and staff at the Colorado and Louisiana Centers for the Blind Residential Rehabilitation Facilities. And whereas States have authorized um, expenditures of taxpayer dollars to send consumers who are blind or have low vision at their request to those and other residential rehabilitation centers. And whereas there have been anecdotal reports over the years of similar sexual and other misconduct occurring at residential rehabilitation centers as well as other communication-based rehabilitation programs throughout the country. And whereas the American Council of the Blind, ACB, views with alarm the growing number of reports of sexual and other forms of abuse committed against consumers who are blind or have low vision throughout the country. And whereas despite the urging of advocates and blind and low vision individuals, there has been little national or statewide effort to address this issue. And whereas the Rehabilitation Services Administration, RSA, has the fiscal oversight, enforcement power, and statutory responsibility necessary to establish standards, mandate compliance, and establish and maintain metrics of funded agencies. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically this 29th day of September, 2021, that this organization urge in the strongest possible language, the Rehabilitation Services Administration to establish 
comprehensive standards of conduct and ongoing verification that such standards are being adhered to by all residential rehabilitation training centers, community rehabilitation programs, CRPS service providers, and all other individual co individuals contracted to provide rehabilitation services to people who are blind or have low vision as part of RSA's ongoing monitoring processes. And be it further resolved that RSA direct state rehabilitation agencies to include in their state plans, policies and procedures and practices to ensure that documented allegations of sexual misconduct and or bullying be appropriately investigated, resolved and reported to state rehabilitation councils, SRCs. The consumer, uh, I'm sorry, the consumer entities responsible for providing input and oversight to state rehabilitation departments and commissions and to RSA and to RSA and be it further resolved that state rehabilitation departments and commissions serving consumers who are blind or have low vision immediately suspend all approvals of consumers to attend any residential rehabilitation training center where, um, in of which documented allegations of sexual or other abuse Misconduct have been made until such time as the department or commission determines that the issues arising from any documented allegations have been addressed in accordance with standards to be developed by the state entity and or RSA pursuant to this resolution. And be it further resolved that copies of this resolution be forwarded to all ACB state affiliates and consideration for consideration as possible adoption of similar resolutions urging their state rehabilitation departments or commissions to review and update existing policies and procedures related to the handling of documented allegations of sexual and other misconduct, as well as the training of agency staff staff of all residential rehabilitation centers in the state, staff and contractors associated with community rehabilitation programs and uh, programs for profit vendors and others offering evaluation, equipment, setup and training to blind and low vision consumers and be it further resolved that any such state resolution should include at a minimum the following recommendations. One, establish a specific code of conduct in quotes to which all residential rehabilitation training center staff, vendors, CRPs and individual service providers will be expected to adhere. Two, draft policies and procedures for persons who are blind or have low vision who have experienced sexual assault, harassment, abuse, or bullying to report confidentially such experiences. Three, establish an anonymous hotline where survivors of sexual or other misconduct by vendors as part of a community rehabilitation program 
or at a residential residential rehabilitation training center can report such misconduct with confidence and privacy. Four, identify a single point of contact within the department commission who shall be responsible for addressing allegations of sexual assault, harassment, and abuse at any of its contracted programs or during provision of services. Five, modify the the procedure for certifying a CRP or vendor to include all aspects of how allegations of sexual assault, harassment, and abuse are dealt with throughout the consumer's experience. Six, require each for-profit vendor and CRP board to annually certify to the state rehabilitation entity that their businesses, organizations have met the standards which the department commission has promulgated regarding the reporting confidentiality and resolution of all documented allegations of sexual assault, harassment, and abuse. Seven, develop specific standards of any contracted develop specific standards for any contracted party who enters the home or domicile of a consumer with such standards to become part of the state's annual certification of both for-profit annual certification of both for-profit vendors and CRP entities. Eight, require background checks, including live scan fingerprinting for state department commission employees, CRP staff who work closely with consumers who are blind or have low vision, and contractors who visit consumers' workplaces of residents to provide services. That should be who visit, I'm so sorry, uh, to visit someone's place of residence to provide service. Nine, develop and implement where lacking policies and procedures to provide annual training to rehabilitation department commission staff, personnel of all CRP for-profit contractors and their their executives, utilizing an independent trainer certified and specializing in matters of sexual assault, harassment, abuse, and other forms of misconduct, such training to include the proper investigation and resolution of documented allegations of inappropriate conduct of a sexual nature and other forms of abuse. 10, contract with an independent trainer certified and specializing in matters of sexual assault, harassment, abuse, and other forms of misconduct to provide consumers with training on what constitutes sexual misconduct. 11, contract with an independent trainer certified and specializing in matters of sexual assault, harassment, abuse, and other forms of misconduct to provide counseling or referrals for counseling services um, for victims and um, perpetrators where appropriate for such misconduct. Would you like me to read that clause again since I messed it up a little? I think we're okay. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. 
Um, then we're on to 12. Ensure that information on how to report an incident of sexual or other misconduct is clearly, widely, and constantly available to consumers and service providers, employees, and 13. Report annually to RSA, the State Rehabilitation Council, and or appropriate blind low vision advisory body the number of characteristics of in, the number and characteristics characteristics of sexual assault harassment abuse or other forms of misconduct affecting any consumer who is blind or has low vision such annual reporting to be um, um, reacted to as to dis, um, to redacted. disclose con I'm sorry what redacted Redacted, I'm really sorry. Uh, to be redacted as to, uh, I lost my place now, disclose confidential or identifying information, but to provide a statistical report of the statewide level of such documented allegations. And be I it think further- I to say as not to disclose. What is it? As not to disclose allegations confidential level yeah, such. Okay. To report. Okay, it's it's in there correctly. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that not um, just saw that, that was was missed. And so be it further. I'm sorry. And be it further resolved that the actions contained in and resulting from each affiliate's resolution be reflected in recommendations set forth in the state's state plan, and be it further resolved that a copy of this resolution be forwarded to advocacy organizations representing people who are blind or have low vision, as well as to entities representing community rehabilitation programs, for-profit vendors, and others offering evaluation, equipment setup, and training to blind and low vision consumers. Resolution Committee recommends a due pass. Thank you, Susan. That was, that was Mr. Uh, President. very hard. And uh, yes, now we'll go ahead and hear from the board. And uh, Ray, uh, do you have an amendment um, or something you'd yes, like to speak against? Yes, I do. Against? Yes, I do. No, yes. I'm not going to speak against. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to, as an organization, respond to these things um, and all of that. Uh, however, I find the fourth and fifth resolve clauses, the way they're written, entirely too prescriptive. I, I think, first of all, some affiliates have already had conventions. They may not be in a position to do resolutions. I think we need to give flexibility to our affiliates uh, in this regard. And second of all, I think that we could, you know, the Rehabilitation Task Force could pull those recommendations out and put them into the form of a document that could be provided with some, you know, to provide some guidance to affiliates. I've uh, I proposed a rewrite of the fourth and fifth resolve clauses down into one resolve, which I will read. And let me get to my file here. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, and be it further resolved that copies of this resolution be forwarded to all ACB state affiliates and that these affiliates be strongly urged to advocate in whatever ways they're able for policies, training, and practices that hold their state rehabilitation agencies accountable for addressing the issues 
documented in this resolution with ACB's rehabilitation task force, should be rehabilitation issues task force, I'm sorry, providing whatever advocacy assistance is needed by affiliates. Um, and then that the sixth resolve then would, instead of saying resolution would have to be changed to advocacy efforts, um, where it talks about the affiliate resolution, we just need to change that to advocacy efforts. Um, uh, so that would be, I, this shortens the resolution up quite a bit, but yet I think provides the sense that we, we need the state affiliates to step in here because, um, and, uh, and, 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 and work on this. So that's, that's my proposed amendment. Um, I'd be interested in your thoughts. Mr. President. All right, hold on first. Thank you, Mitch. Hold on one second. So Ray, Ray has put forth uh, an, an amendment uh, to the resolution to, I have a second. Second. The second is Chris, and now we're open for discussion. And I think if it's okay with the board, uh, I believe Mitch Pomerantz, who is one of the drafters of the resolution, uh, would like to speak, and then we'll, uh, which is fine. And then we'll go back to others on the board who, who have additional comments related to the opposed, uh, proposed amendment. So go ahead, Mitch. Uh, it isn't often that I disagree with Ray, but this, this resolution of which I was one of the drafters was probably the hardest and most detailed documents I've ever written in my 40, almost 50 years in the organized blind movement. This resolution is a roadmap and it's only prescriptive, Ray, in the sense that it allows our affiliates not to have to do the kind of work and the kind of research that I and Margie Donovan and others did when we crafted this resolution along with others from the state of California. Mm -hmm. it, is, it, is a, it is a document that will allow all of our affiliates who so choose to put their state agencies, their commissions on notice that they need to take action, that they can no longer uh, send their students at taxpayer expense to residential rehabilitation facilities or to community rehabilitation programs where they are taken advantage of because many of them, particularly in this day and age of working with students as young as 14, these things we know happen. There is documentation that they have happened. I understand it's long. I apologize for that. But there is no way to deal with an issue as serious as this without laying out step by step what we believe as, as members of ACB need to be done. And, and Ray, I appreciate your, your, your attempting to shorten it, but it really, it really can't be at this point. We really have to have all of these issues addressed. And the fact that, that organizations, our state affiliates, have already had their conventions isn't relevant because we also, as, as you stated with the previous resolution, this is going to be a long-term effort. 
it's it's taken us in the state of California uh, almost a year to even get our department's attention. So it really doesn't matter, even if, if a state affiliate doesn't deal with it until sometime next year or even the year after, it's an issue that has to be dealt with. And, and I, I beg, I urge the board of directors not to accept Mr. Campbell's amendment. Uh, Mr. Mr. President, may I ask Mitch a question? Please, uh, yes, yes. And, so, and, and then we'll hear from Chris, who is the seconder, and then so, others if they would like to be in line. So, so go ahead. Mitch, do you feel, do you and others involved in the draft of this, do you feel, because I, I want to see our affiliates advocating for this as soon as possible. I don't want them to have to wait for their next convention, which maybe next fall to do a resolution. Do you feel that the way this is drafted, that it in any way precludes affiliates from engaging in other advocacy efforts uh, to get these these issues addressed, which may culminate with a resolution, but that they can start as soon as possible. They don't have to wait until they have a chance to draft a resolution. Oh, Ray, ab absolutely not. This, this in fact, <laughs> can can be used as a roadmap for for a state affiliate. I hope I hope we have members on on whatever uh, council or task force each state agency is required to have that this will be something they can bring to, to that state commission or agency and say, these are things that we need to be addressed. This doesn't preclude anything. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'll also remind folks, and I, I thought I heard Doug uh, on, on, uh, as a guest here, that the rehab task force wholeheartedly and uni uniformly, uh, unanimously uh, approved this resolution. So I, I okay. really, I, I really don't want to see any changes in this, uh, Mr. President. Yeah. With that all being said, uh, I hear where Mitch is coming from, and uh, and everything. And I and I do I do like the uh, roadmap guidance that's here. I just I guess I, I guess I normally I'd like to see it in a separate document. But all this being said. Um, I will. I'm prepared to withdraw. I'll, I'll withdraw my uh, amendment. I, 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 Mitch has convinced me of why uh, this is is needed uh, in the form that it is. So, I withdraw. Okay, we have Chris who seconded. Chris, I don't. Come. I don't. I just wanted to give Ray's uh, motion a chance to be heard. So I have nothing. No comment. Okay. All right. Do we have? Other board members that would like to speak on behalf of this resolution and that, that are asking for amendments or would like to speak against it? This is Deb. Yes, go ahead, Deb. Okay, I'm actually speaking against the motion and I am not against the concern. I absolutely have the concern, but there is uh, no documentation presented here other than sort of alleged things that there have been any um, specific issues of a national level outside the particular instances, which are many and are challenging related to the various um, residential centers that were identified here. Those matters are being dealt with and hopefully, you know, permanently so. And while I think each state does need to um, have uh, material they can use, and I think the state's uh, we should be welcome to use this as a roadmap. I have some big concerns about um, 
ACB in position to go demanding to RSA that RSA uh, come up with a bunch of accountability for this, which they're basically not going to do. And um, it, so I think I think my preference would be, and it's difficult to um, to rewrite this at this point. I mean, we don't have that kind of time. But um, I absolutely um, would strike um, the 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 top whereas where it's talking about the um, all the all the alleged allegations, et cetera. It's all it sounds like hearsay on the internet, frankly. And I realize it's more than that, but there's no documentation for it. I, I would certainly encourage us to um, survey our our states um, to where we have members um, to see where there is a need for consultation around this and and to provide it and to use this document uh, to do that because it's well written in that respect. But as far as uh, making all these very specific demands all the way up and down the line, I. I think states are going to find this to be onerous and challenging. Not the agencies, I don't care about them, but our members are going to find it um, onerous and challenging to understand this and do it. And um, it's going to create um, a, a lot of difficulties in that respect. So I think this needs to be delivered in a lot different way. All right. Thank you, Deb. Uh, other board members that wish to speak? Jeff will be in the queue. Okay, I think you're up next, Jeff. So go okay. ahead. So, in reality, a state affiliate is going to do with this what it chooses to do. But I really believe this is such a serious problem that if someone doesn't lead the way on this in a rather almost draconian way, that nothing at all will happen. And so I think that unless we're out front of this, um, that, you know, I would probably agree with you. RSA. Is Jeff, is there data? Not. Is there data? I'm asking yeah, for data. There's, there, well, there's data besides, the, data besides the National Federation of Centers. Hey, Deb, I'm talking. Thank you. There is always oh, there. Your mic's better now, Jeff. Thanks. Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's anecdotal. There's always been anecdotal data, for sure, in various states. Probably not in every state, but I, I think this is such an important, an important issue that we need to be ahead of the curve on this. And if we say, well, let's do a survey or whatever, we'll be working at this for ever. This is Doug. Yeah, go ahead, Doug. Um, so I'm the chair of the Rehabilitation Issues Task Force, and um, Margie and, and Mitch submitted this to, to me as uh, after they had passed it in California. And I felt it important, just as ACB has passed a code of conduct and have uh, worked on uh, our response, you know, our particular response, we uh, we felt that nationalizing it and making sure that RSA, who is, the, I mean, there's there's a lot of issues that could could conceivably come up in relationship to how uh, the, the um, how allegations are are dispensed in the in the states. 
So we felt it really important to nationalize it and make sure that RSA is also held accountable and spearheading the kinds of guidelines and, um, and enforcement procedures that they have available to them to, to make sure that states uh, develop their own systems. Um, so that that's been my intent in the whole in the whole thing, and also do you know the affiliates doing it in, in their states as well. But I felt that uh, it, the 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 main thrust was to it was to you know call on RSA to make sure that they have their ducks in a row and that their enforcement procedures uh, you know uh, that they have the guidelines set up and the, and the enforcement to to make sure that states will uh, will do something about this and also to have a place where if someone feels like their state is not uh, handling it appropriately, that they have someplace to go to. So that I think that it is important to uh, put RSA on on uh, you know on, on notice that uh, this is this is something that they need to be doing. The federal government needs to be um, uh, spearheading on this issue. Dan, put me in the queue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ray, I'll see if others wish to speak first, since you've already had yes, an opportunity. Please, please do. Are there others before I recognize Ray? Dan, this is Gabe. If I could just make a, a quick point on this. Sure. Go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> and I and I and don't usually. Okay. And I don't usually, as chair, try to get involved in the debate, and I don't mean to here. I just want to try and make a, a point, I guess, for uh, towards Deb's concern um, of documentation. No, there's not necessarily the documentation in this resolution, but and and Margie may even be more uh, more qualified to speak to this than I am. But I can assure you that um, there are many articles out there that are uh, discussing. Um, the issues in this resolution. And so there are many, uh, many documented uh, instances. So it's not just hearsay. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, David? Yeah, I, I know that we wanted to speak against it. I'm going to speak in favor of this resolution for one reason and one reason alone, other than the fact it needs to be passed. So many years we've sat here with short resolutions that had no meaning. We finally get a resolution with a roadmap to the way that we need to proceed with this resolution to, to achieve its end goals. And, and I just think that it's something that we need to do. And uh, Mitch and the people that put it together, thank you for finally putting together a resolution that's so meaningful. Thank you, David. Uh, Ray? Sure, I'll, I'll be brief since I've already had one opportunity. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is a very difficult decision, but as I've listened to the debate and thinking this through, um, I'm going to be forced to vote against this resolution. I, I, I support the concern. I understand the concern and, you know, terrible things, alleged things have happened to people. But the Louisiana and Colorado references were made. Has anybody been charged? I don't think so. Has the investigations come to a conclusion that you know things did happen? I don't believe so, unless there's something I don't know. I'm really concerned, and the reason I'm 
doing this is I'm really concerned the ACB is being put in a position where we are responding to alleged allegations and how that could affect ACB, not only legally, which is the biggest concern I have, but also in our relationships with other organizations uh, of the blind. Absolutely, I do not condone this kind of behavior and no one should. And we, we need to, but we've got to go. You know, I'm a little concerned talking about anecdotal stuff. I mean, you, you know, we hear it and, you know, and stuff that's not been proven is, I guess, where I'm a little concerned. So although I fully support the, the need to deal with this issue, I'm concerned where this could put ACB legally. And unless I hear some, some reassurance that, that um, we, you know, we're in a, a good position to, you know, to defend ourselves. If we, if we frankly would get sued over this, I'm, I'm going to have to vote against this. And I don't want to do that, but I'm going to, uh, I, I, I'm concerned about stuff that's not proven and, that's that just that's just a big concern. Yes, I've read all the stuff that's out there, and it's terrible. And I've heard the stories, and they're terrible. But none of it's proven. And you know, we're all entitled to. You know, people are entitled to be innocent until proven guilty in this country, and um, we need to follow that policy. So I'm just really concerned about that. So, Mr. President, may I respond to Ray? Please do, Mitch. All right. Ray, you know, I, I investigated discrimination complaints for a living, and I argued cases to, to state and federal compliance agencies. I was very careful. Nowhere in this resolution do we say something without the word allegation. We were very, very careful. There is absolutely no possible way that we would be sued based on this resolution. The language was drafted, and I'm not a lawyer, I dropped out of law school, but I, I drafted this resolution extremely cognizant of, of the potential issues that, that making bald face uh, charges might bring upon the American Council of the Blind. So, you know, we, we have a couple of attorneys on this board uh, you know, I, I, I can assure you that to the, to the extent I could, based on my background and my, my HR experience, uh, this resolution was drafted and it protects, there is no possible way that ACB can be, can be uh, uh, gotten in any kind of legal hot water over this. Mr. President, uh, Mr. President, uh, Margie has uh, just sent me a message. She, I guess, is muted and, and can't get unmuted, but she would like to be recognized at some point. The way she needs to get, if she's muted, it's she, because she said, she, her, she said her hand is up and it, 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 she can't get we're, unmuted. We're not, what's going on there? Because this happened to me earlier today. When she goes in, she has to accept the terms and conditions in Zoom that she's being recorded, and then it'll allow her to unmute. So okay. if she tabs over there and I think clicks on got it, 
or yep. whatever, then then yeah, it will allow. I don't her know. To, if she's I don't know. If she's dialing in. It'll dialing allow, in my phone. Or yeah, she looks like she's on her P, on her PC or her iPhone or something. So she it, should have the button. It, and it'll it'll allow, 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 allow her. Her. Am I muted? There you go. But now you're there. You're there. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. But you're, you, you, you um, go ahead, Margie, you're recognized. Thank speak. you. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge the committee and really thank the committee. The committee's put a lot of work into this. It's, it's been back for rewrites. And um, this context has been in there since the beginning. And um, I really think we need to move this forward. Or you guys need to move this forward. There is ample documentation. We, we we have a recording from a survivor that spoke on um, Sunday edition. Um, I just sent out a, um, a panel of survivors that spoke. There is a lawsuit in this case. Um, do we wait until the lawsuit is settled in, you know, however many years it is, and allow people to be victimized during this time because we're a little bit afraid of directing someone? You know, I say no, and I just think that you have to ask yourself, are your concerns great enough such that you cannot support this resolution moving forward? And I think it's time to move it forward. Thank you. Um, this is Dan, so help me here, board. I, I'd like to speak on this, but I'm kind of conducting the meeting. To, to, it's the, <laughs> you, I've got a few you, immediate past presidents here who can help me. To, you need to hand the chair over to Deb. Okay, yeah, Deb, I would like to hear, okay. hand the chair of, the, of this meeting over and, to and you. And I would like to call on Dan Spoon <laughs> for a comment. Thank you. Um, I... I have to tell you, the resolution clauses to me here, other than you could argue we're maybe being very directive to our affiliates, but beyond that, they're spot on. This is the exact process, and it's almost the blueprint that this board has followed to develop similar policy for the American Council of the Blind. So I totally endorse the resolution clause here. And I would ask back perhaps to Mitch and uh, Mitch and, and Margie is there's a couple of resolutions clause with alleged this and that, that I don't think really, they maybe make us feel a little bit better, but I think they could be written to the point of we as an organization, you know, whereas we are concerned about the safety of uh, the blind and visually impaired, the blind and low vision community related to sexual, you know, we, we could have a different beginning there with the whereas clauses that I think alleviates some of our board members' concerns that still hits on the whole meat of this, which is really providing a document that will go to RSA saying ACB wants to see us move forward and put a policy in place that addresses this. And we want our affiliates to reach out to their state agencies implementing those, working to implement those policies. I, I, I think there's not a whole lot of value in those first couple of clauses, at least in my, in my thoughts. But you know, I would love to hear from Mitch and Margie and some of the other board members, but I think there's 
a way of cleaning up a couple of those whereas clauses at the beginning, but then allows us to really deliver the meat of this, which is a blueprint to go work with RSA and state agencies serving the blind to really put policies in place that we need to, just like ACB's done. Yeah, go ahead, Mitch. I'm getting old. I am, so so I, we, I'm, are, we are I'm, all, we're all getting old, Mitch. That's I, why we need to. I am of a generation, even going back to the 60s, that believes in that old saying, tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. This resolution, as drafted, passed California. It was, in, in a slightly amended form, approved by the members of the state of California's Blind Advisory Committee. It was approved unanimously by the Rehab Issues Task Force and by the Resolutions Committee. I am tired of backing down. I am tired of making nice. Uh, What obviously what the board chooses to do is the board's business. I'm no longer on that board, but no, I want this resolution passed as it is. I'm tired of mealy mouthing and I'm tired of trying to be nice. It is no longer appropriate to be nice about this issue. This is Mr. President. Uh, yes, I'll, I, I, uh, whoever was, I was, yeah, we, we, call, so call, call on, uh, Deb as the, yeah, still okay. as the chair at this point. Oh, I'm yes. not the chair anymore. Yeah. You're the okay. chair now. Yes. I'm the chair. Okay. I want to right. talk. <laughs> go, go, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff and then so, Deb. Go okay. ahead. I, I don't think it matters whether you, I don't have a, I'm not as concerned as Mitch is with not changing it, but I really don't think it's going to make any difference. Um, you know, there's there's already one state, at least I know of, that has suspended the use of taxpayer money to these centers. Um, allegations of some kind of problem are more than enough for an entity to take action if it wants to. Um, I, I really don't see any viable legal grounds for any kind of lawsuit. And and I'm not at all concerned the way um, Mitch and Margie and others drafted this resolution. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Deb? Yes, I actually would like to um, speak in favor of Dan's proposal. Um, I think that I agree that the, that the, the meat of the resolution is in fact good. I don't think that in this day and age we get uh, it further down the road with people we're trying to negotiate by being inflammatory and I think that it's absolutely I don't think it's backing away from anything I just think it's kind of 60s to condemn and deplore everything so I think that if we could clean this up so that it had a a little bit better feel in terms of the presentation you're asking we're asking it to be shared to a lot of different people Um, and I think you know, ideally, actually, although they're not listed here, we need to be sharing it with uh, people involved with um, other disability groups, particularly the developmental disability population, because in reality, um, 
you know, most states don't have a separate agency now. And frankly, any change they make, they're going to have to change across the board. So why not try to have um, advocates together if you're going to do it? But my, my thing is that I, I really believe that the top part of this uh, does not help us in any way. And, and I would be willing to, um, to vote for it if we make those changes. Would you be willing to make a motion and we'll see if Yes, I would make a motion that we um, revise the first, is it just the first clause? It's, it's the first clause or two, I'm not quite sure where. Um, the committee would have to figure this out. Um, but that we uh, change the language so that it expresses um, our concern in recognition of that, the, that we know these things exist. But we don't need to allegate anyone. We don't need to list any centers. We just know this is a national problem. And, and then the rest of it is, is um, fine. Okay. Deb has made that motion. Do we, do we need to read it and get more detailed, guys? Or is everybody comfortable with the motion? Do I have a second? Oh, well, I'll, I'll second, Dan, because I've actually got a proposed uh, rewrite here. Okay. Uh, Ray, if you would read it, please. Sure. Okay. Now, and, and my apologies because a Braille display just went kapooey on me here, and I'm going to have to do it with, with JAWS. So let me go ahead. So what I've, what I've done is I've rewritten the, I've taken the, rewritten the first whereas clause uh, to something I, I hope might be a little more Okay. Whereas the American Council of the Blind strongly believes that individuals who are blind or visually impaired seeking rehabilitation services from residential training center facilities, comma, community rehabilitation providers and others providing these services must be able to receive these services in an environment, in a, in a safe environment, free from sexual assault, harassment, abuse, or other forms of misconduct. And then I think if you put, take that, if you change, if you change out the first whereas clause with what I just read, I think the rest of it will, will still flow pretty nicely. Um, there might be some issues in the sec. I think the second whereas actually also has some problems because again, it's 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 referencing back to the specific centers, and I don't know that we need to do that. Well, it says the, states. The, have the first whereas clause uh, is the one where it talks about specifically the Colorado and Louisiana. Right, but then it says whereas states have authorized expenditures of taxpayer dollars to send consumers who are blind or have low vision at their request to those and other residential rehabilitation centers. So I would take that whereas out as well. Or just that to those, just to rehabilitation centers. Yeah, yeah. well, it's they're talking about... Um, re, uh, Rehabilitation centers and the CRPs, and you know they're they're referencing the whole lot of things. Why don't, why don't we say why don't we say generically, Deb? My proposal would be to take the words "those" and "other" out, and then it would read: taxpayer dollars to send consumers their request to residential training centers. 
that way we're not referencing back to those because, and we have to, because if we take them out, take the first whereas out, we'd have to do that because then we're not naming the centers. Right. right. So then it flows clean. All right. So that's, that's the amendment and Ray seconded it. Do we have discussion on people being for or being against the amended amendment to the resolution? Madam President, I'll just be does Mitch consider, I'm sorry, Jeff, does Mitch consider it friendly? Mr. President, I do believe in deploring and condemning when necessary, but again, I'm, I'm a, on a different side of the fence from Deb and probably some other folks here. Uh, no, I don't consider it a friendly amendment. Thank you, Mitch. Okay. Uh, Jeff, uh, you had a comment. Yeah. I'm just only concerned that if we don't state the problem a little more forcefully, then what is the problem we're trying to solve? I guess that's my concern. I think we're still stating it forcefully. I think we're not directing it at one organization and its facilities. Because if the problem is larger than, and if there is all of this evidence, then that's why I was wishing we had some actual data. Because, you know, it's not that I'm not believing. I do totally believe. Uh, my problem is that we're trying to ride in on the sensationalism of the problem of a couple of rehab centers and I, I don't think that's going to work for us. So I think if we can keep this more generalized, um, and you do, because you talk about the CRPs, you talk about um, for-profit vendors, uh, all those are valid discussions. Yeah, and I think... Uh, all right, so Deb, uh, Jeff, were there others who wish to speak? This is Doug. Uh, yes, yeah. go ahead, Doug. Um, None of the resolve clauses refer to the residential, you know, any particular residential centers or no, any, they don't. It, it, right. it, you know, so, so the resolves are, you know, so the rare as is are to point out the, the problem that we're trying to address and the resolves are what we think we ought to be done about them. And I think that it, I think that as stated originally, um, we've done that. Um, we've we've um, we've established the urgency, and um, I think I think that uh, I I I am not going to vote for the amendment. Okay. Do we have any other comments from the board? If not, we'll um, call. I, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Just Dan. Just go ahead, I, Pat. Yes. Yeah, I was going to ask Mitch. I, I did not, of course, listen to the NFB convention or whatever, but hasn't there been a lot of discussion with, without knowing directly the allegations, the survivors um, group that they established and numbers with respect to people that have called in? And, and I mean, you, you based the uh, inclusion of these um, uh, centers on information that, that you've looked at. Pat, I, I don't know if you want to speak to that, Mitch. Well, Pat, I want to be very circumspect and circumscribed here because this is out on the internet. Um, I did speak to someone who I believe is uh, close to leadership in that organization. And uh, from his perspective, 
not, not there's been a lot of lip service paid. And that's all I'll say on the matter. Okay, I won't push. All right, thanks, Dan. Okay. Any other board members wish to speak before we vote on the amendment? All right, hearing none, we're now voting on the amendment. Do we want to amend this resolution with the language that Ray and Deb proposed? So all those in favor of amending the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed? No. 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 Okay. All right. So the amendment fails. We are now going to vote on the resolution that was originally presented. So all those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? No. All right. Deb, would you like to be recorded as no? Yes. Yes. In the minutes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you all for a very good discussion. And Mitch and uh, and Margie and the Rehab Issues Task Force and the Resolutions Committee. Thank you for all your hard work and in Mr. President, this document. Yes, and Mr. President and members of the Board of Directors. Um, I thank you. I'm sure Margie thanks you from uh, the bottom of her heart and the bottom of my heart. Uh, this has been an issue that I've been involved with for. For, for eight months and mm -hmm. I, I am I am I am so happy and so relieved that the board of directors has done the right thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your hard work. And all right. Next. I echo what Mitch just said. Oh, very good. Thank you, Gabe. All right, Gabe, we will now go on to our third resolution of the evening. Third three of seventeen. Go ahead. Yes, and this one is uh, resolution number six for the year, and it is on website access, and it was submitted to us by the Hawaiian Association for the Blind, or of the Blind. Very All good. Right. All right. Can people hear me? Yes, Susan, yes, you're can. good. Good and clear. Uh, Mitch, Mitch, I just, I'm not on the board, but I just want to thank you for the resolution. Uh, I think it's wonderful, and I apologize for the difficulty I had reading it. Thank you so much. All right, here we go. Whereas access to information on the internet is an essential part of all aspects of life, and whereas many websites are not accessible to the screen reader software used by people who are blind or have low vision, and whereas it is essential that people who are blind or have low vision have equal access to websites for education, employment, commerce, news, hobbies, and other interests, including entertainment, and whereas many website owners and operators may be totally unaware that their sites and the information contained thereon are not accessible to an and unusable by people who are blind or have low vision. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically this 29th day of September 2021, that this organization demand the U.S. Department of Justice to immediately adopt regulations which establish categorical application of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, to all elements of the internet, and be it further resolved that in developing such regulations, DOJ shall require that 
WCAG2A level AA or the most concurrent current successor versions be the applicable standards and be it further resolved that if such regulations are not promptly adopted, this organization strongly urges the United States Congress to direct DOJ to develop and implement the regulations demanded in this resolution. Resolution Committee recommends a due pass. Mr. President, I have a proposed amendment. Go ahead, Ray. Okay, uh, great resolution. Um, I just would suggest that we rewrite these to be a little more inclusive, rewrite the second whereas clause and the wording I have put down here is, whereas many websites are not accessible to the assistive technology, including screen reading and screen magnification software used by people who are blind or have low vision. And that's my, that's my amendment. It, that pulls in braille displays and yep. things like that. Okay. Uh, do we, who is the, the, is Don or anybody from the uh, Hawaii Association uh, of the Blind on the, on our call, the, the makers of the resolution? Okay, hearing that, I, Gabe, I don't know, maybe on behalf of the resolutions committee then, do, do, are you, is that a friendly uh, amendment? Would you mind if, if uh, Ray read that one more time? Sure, I'd, go ahead, I'd be, ha I'd be happy to, Gabe. Um, okay, so it's just basically a rewriting the second where I was to say, <clears throat> whereas many websites are not accessible to the assistive technology, including screen reading and screen magnification software used by people who are blind or have or blind or have low vision. The only reason I'm doing it, I'm suggesting this, is that it only referenced screen re readers, and we want to make sure we take into account screen magnification and other uh, tools as well. I think there's a little bit of a grammar issue with it, though. Yeah. Yeah, and the the um, the original resolution was concerned more with the screen reader and the keyboard access, not necessarily the low vision access. Um, so that would change, I think, the uh, the intent their their the author's original intent. So I I don't believe that the authors would uh, would consider that to be a friendly amendment. <laughs> Yeah, and Braille access. This is Deb. Braille is is considered part of screen reader because a screen reader operates the yeah, Braille display. The, the so Braille display gets its information. Yep, exactly. I, I know. I know that. And the uh, only issue I, would be the low vision uh, software if we wanted to include. What, uh, what if I said? What if we changed it to say screen reading and screen magnification software used? Well, again, the the screen yeah, magnification, I think, would would change the author's right, original intent. That's okay. So we, we would have to do it as an amendment, not as a friendly amendment, because we don't have the authors here. And I understand right. we put Gabe in a difficult position. So do you want to make that as a motion then? And we'll see if we have a second. I, and an I, would, I would move that we change the second whereas clause to read, change, instead of saying screen reader software, say screen reading and screen magnification software. And I will second that. This is Deb. Okay. 
which makes total sense because we save for our yep. blind and low vision community. <laughs> so it kind of seems like it all flows right there. Uh, okay, do we, uh, any other comment on this amendment? This is Deb. I wanted to just comment that, um, Gabe, I, I do remember the original intent of that, and I would agree that if the original resolution were here, that this amendment might not be friendly. But actually, the way the resolution reads now, it's really difficult Honestly, do you remember that original intent? I, we've we've just talked about the the technology. It doesn't specifically talk about keyboard design or whatever, which is really actually different than compatibility with technology. So, in in the form that this resolution is now, um, I don't think um, that this is a con would would necessarily be a conflict. I'm not sure that he would have disagreed. Don would have disagreed with this ultimately. Uh, I think you would have agreed. No. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, if he accepted but, but the other changes you made, then I, he would accept this one. I, since he's not here, I still think we should take the vote. You, they take the vote. Yeah, as we a, should. Yeah, it, and in, and does anybody else wish to, I, yeah. And in full disclosure, I, you know, this was kind of the committee revise, and I, I was not able to, uh, even though I sent it to Don a couple of times, I did not hear back from him. So, you know, we're kind of taking some liberties in, in general here, too. Okay. I, and I understand your position, Gabe. So we have an amendment. We have a second. We've had any other discussion before we vote on the amendment? Hearing none, all those in favor of the amendment signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Gabe, aye. I've got the wording. I'll uh, give it to you. Okay, and okay. and basically, basically that was just in that resolve. It was just, or uh, whereas it was just changing screen reader to screen reading and screen magnification. That's exactly what it was. Yes. That, All right, true. done. I've, I've okay. already got it. Thank. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Super. All right, now I'm going to go ahead and vote on the full resolution. All those in favor of the resolution, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Don and uh, uh, Hawaii Association of the Blind. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, Gabe, we're on to <coughs> resolution number four. And that is going to be number seven. Okay. I'm ready with and, that one, Gabe. All right. And number seven is on the accessibility of pill packs for individuals who are blind or have low vision. Um, actually, it says I'm visually impaired, but we're changing. Anywhere, uh, and, and just kind of for everyone's information, the committee, where possible, um, or where we caught it, are changing visually impaired to low vision. Mm -hmm. um, and that was That's just, good. And the title yeah. that was just one that we lost or I lost. So, um, but that, and this comes to us from, um, right here. It came to us from the American Council of the Blind of Metropolitan Chicago. One of our chapters of the Illinois affiliate. And, okay. And, yeah. and, and when we get to questions, Dan, I was quite involved in the writing of this so I can help, help if there are questions from the board. Okay. And I'm not sure if Debbie Watson is here tonight or not, but she's the one that uh, they had sent this, um, sent this in, and she uh, was on our calls and, and has approved of this resolution as, as it is too. Very good. Okay, Susan? Of course. 
Whereas physicians prescribe medications to be taken at a particular time of day, and whereas pharmacists are tasked with the responsibility of dispensing the medication as directed by the physician, and whereas some pharmacies are using pill packs, which are packets that all pills to be taken at a specific time can be bundled together for convenience, and whereas pill packs are meant as a convenience so as to allow people to carry the appropriate doses of their medications with them during the day and are labeled as to when those pills should be taken. And whereas while these labels provide this information to sighted individuals, they are not accessible to individuals who are blind or have low vision. And whereas someone who is blind or has low vision has no independent way of telling which packet they have in their pocket and therefore which medications they need to take at any given time. And whereas there are easy ways with pill, that pill packs could be marked with tactily with different shapes representing different times of day, allowing someone who is blind or has low vision to accessibly tell which pill pack they have with them. <clears throat> now, Therefore, be it resolved that this organization direct advocacy and governmental affairs staff to work with ACB's advocacy steering committee to develop guidelines that can be used to make these pill packs accessible and for someone who is blind or has low vision. And be it further resolved that this organization urge the Access Board to reconvene in a manner consistent with FDASIA to update best practices for accessibility of pill packets. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. Right. Do we have anyone who wishes to speak against this or make amendments? This is Deb. Okay, go ahead, Deb. I'd like to, um, first of all, I, I think this is really an important item and it's a really important resolution. It's actually probably covered under the activities we already have kind of going around accessibility of prescription medications otherwise. Um, I'm, I don't mind any at all adding to it. I would actually, even though it's only in the whereases and it's not prescriptive itself, I'd actually like to strike the example that's used here of having the different shapes. Um, I think we should expect that these conform to the same labeling standards um, that the access board previously developed or that they, I do think it's okay to ask them to look into whether revising them um, would, would be good and to, to give input to that. But I think I'd like to strike that example because uh, there are actually many, many people because of other cognitive issues and things, which is often why these pill packs get put together in the first place, who would really have difficulty with something other than actual accessible labeling. And so while that might be a solution for some people, I'm really reluctant to describe it as, as a solution that we want to advocate for. Okay. Do you want to put that in the oh, yeah, I guess, of an yes, amendment? I guess, yeah. I guess so. So, yes, I'd like to strike the example of the, of, of the labeling that is the tactile differentiation related to times of day. Okay. And I'll second it. So, uh, and I, I don't know if Debbie's, Debbie's here, but Ray, I'd I defer, you know, as committee chair, I would defer to Ray as somebody who was 
involved in the original drafting of this as to whether this would be friendly or not. How would it read? Can I ask Mr. President how it would read if you took that out? I don't mind taking out the shades, but I want to make it clear that we think it's easy to accomplish it. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree yeah, with that. Yeah. So, just a minute, I'm looking for the spot. Um, it's the last, it's I've, the last whereas. Yeah, I've, it can, I've got it. Um, there are easy ways that pill packs could be marked, actually, um, d with different shapes representing different times yeah, of day, yeah. allowing someone who is blind or has low vision to accessibly uh, tell which pill pack they have with them. See, I'd, I, I rather than having any of that extra language, I would just like us to say that there are easy ways to have them marked, um, for example, tactily, visually, etc. I mean, because really, it's not it's not just tactile, and I don't. I'm really uncomfortable with the population of people that we're talking about having an expectation that they have the cognition to remember all of that and so we create a new barrier um they're gonna come back and argue that that's not accessible so um i think we should keep in the spirit of the labeling that um is expected um by the access board standards which relates to auditory um visual and and potentially braille and and those are all potentially doable and and they could i since you're proposing to submit this to the access board for um, consideration and and updating their guidelines to include it, uh, they they could come up with something that that is you know nationally refined in that way. But I just don't want everybody that's doing pill packs going off and coming up with their own. So I, I'd rather I'd rather just state that it's easy and not explain the why until we get in front of someone. Mr. This is Kim. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Kim. And then I think Gabe had a comment. Okay. okay go ahead. Kim. So um, I'm not 100% clear on, you know, if we remove that language, if the concept, which is outlined in that whereas clause, that, that talks about something that makes it tactily identifiable disappears, because I don't think Braille should be the only tactile option. There's too many seniors who, who are you know who don't know Braille, but they mm -hmm. they they need that tactile something, whether it's raised mm -hmm. print letters, this right, AM, agreed. PM. Yeah. I mean, right. I I just think it needs to be clear that the tactile is not necessarily speaking of Braille. Braille is yeah. is its own yeah. identifiable way to label something, but the tactile symbol concept i think is really important here is it the is yeah. it the, sh the word shape maybe different shapes representing yeah. different times of day that i object to well, with the different shapes is the yeah, I think well, it's or, a different or a tactile shape. symbol you know it's just it needs to be something tactile yeah. i'm okay about tactile how about if we symbols. said yeah. how about if we said uh let's see let me look at pull the whereas clause here and i can read it and, and think so whereas um, whereas, whereas there are easy ways that pill packs could be marked tactily to provide equal access to individuals who are blind or have low vision. Mm -hmm. Something like that would be fine. I think that's okay. Yes. 
Okay. And I then, believe, and, and ACBMC, uh, I believe, would consider that friendly. Okay. This is Doug. Yes, go ahead, Doug. Um, I'm concerned uh, that we're teaching a new language to people who may not be recept as receptive as they used to be. Um, so then, then we got to add a resolve that says, you know, we got to make sure that the pharmacies co uh, coach people on what those symbols mean, so that they can, you know, that, so that they can actually uh, deliver the medicine at the right, right time. That, that's part of my problem. Yeah. Well, uh, so whatever we do, I, there there is an element of of <laughs> of the the patient comprehending and being able to actually do what we haven't you know what what is intended so i don't i don't know how to i, I, I don't think we have to figure that all out here though i think we want to do this yeah. i think yes. advocacy yeah. services and access board i think can right. yeah. figure that all yeah. out yeah i really do okay okay all right hearing no other discussion. All those in, is it a friendly amendment, Ray? We had a friendly amendment. Yeah, so we, I, we, I believe a, I believe ACB would MC okay. would consider that friendly. If okay. you had said going strictly with Braille, they would not. No, no. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually right. have one. I have one amendment also. <laughs> Funny that I would have one. Okay. Just a just a consistency thing. In the second, whereas since we said prescribed in the first, whereas let's change directed to prescribed so that uh, it's consistent. Um, good evening. Oh, there's as, Renee. Good. Hi. As one of the, uh, yeah, as one of the people that, that, that wrote the resolution and Ray helped with that. Um, yeah, I would consider that a friendly amendment. Okay. Change. And I have one slight. So we're, so we're changing as directed to as prescribed? As prescribed. Yeah, to be consistent. And then Chris, yeah. you had a, a, a yeah, comment. Yeah, so the first, the first, whereas sentences, whereas physicians, prescribe medication to be taken at a particular time of day. Well, not always. I would just say, so whereas physicians sometimes prescribe medication to be taken at a particular time yeah. of day. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Physicians sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Or can okay. prescribe or something. Yeah. Some, sometimes, oh, sometimes, sometimes, they do, sometimes they don't, but you know, yeah, right. it's not yeah. always. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I put some time in there. Okay. Any? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> Anything else? Okay. I'm going to call the question. Uh, all those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Well, thank you. Aye. Thank you to the... Um, uh, the Metro uh, Chicago chapter of the Illinois Council of the Blind. So thank you so much. And thank you, Ray and Renee. Ray and Renee, that sounds like a singing group. Yeah, I like it. Uh, okay. All right. We're on to resolution Trust number five. Trust me, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> Go ahead, Gabe. Number five. I think right. this is one near and dear to, to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is number resolution number nine for the year, and it is oh. on website oh, nope. overlay. Yep, mm -hmm. I, I I think maybe you're thinking the next one, Dan. Yeah, I, both of these are are, are 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 important to me. But go go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of important ones here. That's right. Um, 
And this one was submitted to us by our own committee member, Dan Elliott. Okay. Whereas access to information on the internet is a civil right and is essential to education, employment, and social inclusion in the 21st century. And whereas people who are blind or have low vision who use assistive technology to navigate the internet often encounter accessibility barriers that make it difficult or impossible for them to complete a task because the website was not designed to be fully accessible. And whereas several entrepreneurs have created technology that incorporates artificial intelligence to address accessibility issues on a website and are selling these, in quotes, solutions known as website overlays to thousands of private companies with the promise that they will make their websites more inclusive, protect their businesses from accessibility lawsuits, and make the internet accessible in a few short years. And whereas in a misguided attempt to make a website experience better, Accessibility overlays instead create a separate and often inferior experience for website users who are blind or have low vision. And whereas these overlays contribute to the problems they are attempting to solve by falsely conveying to business owners that they have fulfilled their business obligations and need not do more to improve the accessibility of their websites. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically this 29th day of September 2021, that this organization welcomes innovative solutions to the global challenge of inaccessibility on the internet, but does not support a response that creates a separate experience for users of assistive technology and be it further resolved that true accessibility requires proactive measures and a sustained commitment to inclusion and cannot be adequately addressed with superficial responses such as website overlays. And be it further resolved that any technology designed to help the blindness community must include meaningful feedback from users who are blind or have low vision to ensure that it will not harm the community it purports to serve. And be it further resolved that the ACB Information Access Committee determine how best ACB can play a role in remedying the issues discussed in this resolution. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. Thank you, Susan. Anyone wish to speak against this amendment or uh, make a speak against this resolution or put forward an amendment? Hearing none, all those in favor of this resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Yay. Very good. All right. We are now at, I think, number six. Okay, um, this one is going to be resolution number 10. It is on uh, Spanish and Spanish translations. And this one was submitted by several different uh, folks. It was ACB en Español, 
which is our uh, Spanish-speaking group. Uh, it was let's see, also by the Multicultural Affairs Committee worked on it, as well as the ACB Membership Committee. Very good. Susan? Okay. Can I say it was a committee of committees? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I think like so. Yeah. Right. Whereas more than 43 million people in the United States speak Spanish as a first language, and 60% of these, about 25 million, according to the Instituto Cervantes, are considered limited English proficient. And whereas the number of older people experiencing vision loss is growing significantly due to the baby boom population, and whereas health professionals report that Hispanic Americans age 50 and older are at a much higher risk of vision loss due to developing diabetic retinopathy and therefore represent proportionally a higher percentage of the vision loss population. And whereas the American Council of the Blind, ACB, has a very strong commitment to diversity and to, the end, and to that end has established a multicultural affairs committee. And whereas ACB presently does not make any of its information available in Spanish in either print or audio format, and whereas older adults and others whose primary language is Spanish are therefore missing out on receiving vital information due to the language barrier caused by ACB's English-only formats, and whereas making informational info and whereas making informational material available in Spanish to the Spanish-speaking community would have the potential of greatly increasing ACB's membership and broadening its diversity. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically this 29th day of September 2021, that ACB will direct the newly established Spanish language subcommittee of the Multicultural Affairs Committee to develop plans, timelines, budget allocations, and priorities to implement initiatives and programs such as, but not limited to the following, in order to expand ACB's outreach to the Spanish-speaking community. One, offer programming in Spanish on one or more of the channels on ACB Media. Two, Hire a Spanish-speaking bilingual staff person who, in addition to administrative office duties, will be responsible for answering calls from individuals whose primary language is Spanish. Three, provide Spanish language translation of the material on the acb.org website. Four, provide Spanish language translation of the Braille forum and e-forum. DOTS, dots and dashes, sorry, and the Washington Connection. And be it further resolved that ACB charge the Multicultural Affairs Committee and ACB Membership Committee with the task of developing a set of recommendations on how to effectively outreach 
outreach to and recruit individuals who are blind or have low vision, whose principal language is Spanish. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. All right, thank you, Susan. Uh, does anybody wish to offer amendments or speak against this resolution? Mr. One. President. Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, okay, go ahead, uh, Guillermo. Yeah. First of all, I want to thank uh, Susan for the awesome job in reading that resolution. I had thought about submitting this resolution in Spanish and having you read it, but I had grace. Um, <laughs> secondly, um, per conversations that we had in our meeting yesterday, I would like to propose a very small uh, amendment uh, that the group has agreed to. And this would be, I, I think, ideal um, in uh, sort of in the first resolve. Um, and it would simply say something to the effect of ACB will uh, <laughs> offer uh, Spanish translation in 2022. Right, what, what we had kind of talked about that, that we would begin offering, uh, you know, uh, some materials in Spanish language in 2022. Correct. So the fact that it's not, it's not a future deal. We're going to budget and plan to begin working on this. We know it'll take as many things we've talked about tonight, multiple years to get to these final set of goals. So it's not that all this stuff is going to happen next year, but we want to make sure that we know that we're making a commitment that we're going to begin providing some level of Spanish language uh, materials in 2022. Mr. That's, President. Yes. Um, is that, I just, Guillermo, is that, is that comfortable as a, the friendly amendment at, and that first yes. resolution is called? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. So we'll, we'll modify it to that. And then, Go ahead, Jeff. You, you. I just, I just had a couple floor. of questions, and I, sure. I, I am definitely not opposed to this at all. I just have some logistical questions mm -hmm. on this in reference to how this might be implemented from a from a technology perspective, because I think this could be challenging in in um, getting content produced in in a timely way that is in, that has an equal and equitable experience to a Spanish. A reader, um, and I, I, I'm obviously not on the committee, but uh, I, I, I'm just a little bit also concerned about the budgetary aspect of that, from the standpoint of um, what that could look at for uh, in reference to the budget. That's all. Uh, but no, it's it's something we have to do. I'm just trying to think through it. Right, and, and, and the kind of, to me, the purpose of this is to say, this is our goals, and we're going to work as a board to put an amount in the budget this year with the idea that then we go back to the Multicultural Affairs uh, Hispanic Subcommittee and say, help us prioritize this. We can't do all of this. And, and part of that, Jeff, is I think where your mind is going, you could do some of this Art, you know, with uh, with, with AI it, it, right. and generate it real quickly. But as but the we've heard, be poor. the quality will be poor. And so right, that's right. where we exactly. want the community to be involved to say, look, well, maybe in this kind of a case, that's acceptable. But when we're yeah. talking about, you know, um, I don't know, 
uh, board meeting minutes or we're talking about other things. No, that's not acceptable. We need translation in there because they've got to be accurate. You know, that, that's where we need those conversations. And hopefully the right. Hispanic subcommittee would provide us that guidance. Yeah, I know that uh, we will, in a sense, be reaching out to, to you know, the various um, technical operations uh, Groups, um, you know, to to bring some of this to fruition. So, we are pretty open-minded as as far as how the implementation technologically is concerned. So, those are discussions that we will definitely um, be be having. I, I think at a minimum there should be ACB media content that is in Spanish. Right, so and that be, is that and, has and, been and, one and, of the uh, and, one of the and that was part of the list was that yeah. we yeah. have some of the. Yeah. Provided in Spanish, mm -hmm. yeah. So, mm -hmm. I, so I just wanted to call this out, just to say that yeah. you know we need to be thinking about this because we want to make sure that it's a great user experience and not just a you know a, a half baked uh, attempt at converting it into Spanish because that, that that would that would actually make us look worse. Yeah, I, I think that's why we need the feedback from the from these in from these users uh, from our right. Spanish language speakers. So Thank we, you. We, we get it right. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yes. Thank Jeff. you. Okay. Other comments from board members or anybody Mr. who would President, like to make an amendment? Mr. Yes, President, go ahead. Just, just one real quick amendment, and Guillermo, yes. I would hope I'm glad you're here. Grant in the in the fifth whereas clause, I want I was going to propose we add the word braille before the word print or audio, um, because we're big, you know, ACB's big on Braille. We don't make yeah. anything available in Braille either, so. I would accept that as friendly. Okay, good. Um, so we'll add just, right where it says print or, before print or audio, just put the word Braille, Braille comma print or audio in there, and that'll that'll get us taken care of. Thank you. This is right. Doug. Yes, go ahead, Doug. Um, I just wanted to make sure we were being careful about where we put uh, in 2022. Um, for example, I'm not sure that, that uh, we're in a position to hire another person uh, who's bilingual um, next year. Um, so I, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that I, I'm not opposed to making sure that something happens in 2022, but I think we, uh, we better establish the priorities before we add the deadline. Yeah, and we just said that they would would, provide some Spanish materials yeah. in 2022. Yeah, and I was so actually going to ask. I was actually going to ask a question. What I did did was just kind of put at the end of that clause. Mm -hmm. um, I put beginning in 2022. That's, that's where we had envisioned it. That, that's uh, perfect. Does yeah. that does that yeah. work? And does that address what Doug, what you were concerned about? Which yeah. whereas is. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, which, it's which the, resolve? It's the first resolve. It's so. at the end of the first resolve, I just added the words beginning in 2022. Right. And I'm sorry, what does the rest of the resolve say? So uh, that's the one that talks says. about... You know, all the, the list of everything. Thing. Yeah, it talks about the Braille that. Forum, the dots and dashes, all of that publicated, okay. and the website. That's cool. And, it, and then it, it, yeah, it talks about doing the following... And then, then it has the list of, I think, three items. Um, but before that list is where I, I had put 
beginning in 2022, and then it goes on to right. the list of the different stuff. Well, this is, Deb, the other thing you're going to see is that there, this calls for a plan. So if it turns out, even in putting that plan together, that there's a problem with doing that, I mean, whether it's a logistical one, a budget one, a, a personnel one, or whatever one, the, those things could be changed. I mean, I, I, I just see that as a commitment to do something soon, as opposed to scripted that we're going to have done all of that. Right? Correct. That's the idea that we're going to begin this journey in 2022. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. Any, any other comments from our board? All right. Hearing none, I'm going to call the question. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Thank you. This is a, historic step forward for the American Council of Light. And thank you, Guillermo. Thank you, Donna. Uh, thanks to everybody uh, who worked on this. And uh, gracias. We thank you and we look forward to many more discussions to come. Thank you. Gracias a ustedes. Thank you very much. This is Donna. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you all. Thanks for all your hard work. Wonderful. All right. We're on to resolution number seven here on our list. And this is number, resolution number 14, and it is on um, emotional support animals, and it was submitted to us by Sheila Styron. All right. The resolution reads as follows. Whereas the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, does not accord users of emotional support animals the same access rights to public places as users of service animals, uh, uh, use animals possess, and whereas medical doctors, psychiatrists, and psychologists lack an understanding of the difference between a service animal and an emotional support animal, including the complex interdependent relationships which much exist between a person with a disability and their service animal in order for this team to function appropriately in public, and the handler's inherent responsibility for the animal's public behavior, and Whereas people with disabilities partnered with service animals suffer negative consequences such as dog attacks by untrained and poorly controlled emotional support animals and public backlash. And whereas the above mentioned healthcare professionals routinely, routinely disregard the consequences when issuing emotional support animals, animal prescriptions and Whereas very few states have thus far adopted laws or implemented regulations which ensure that emotional support animals prescriptions are appropriately controlled. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically on this 29th day of September 2021, that this organization, with the assistance of Guide Dog Users, Inc., GDUI, Develop a template which can be shared with state affiliates and the regulation or state affiliates for the regulation of emotional support animals, certification, and prescriptions. And be it further resolved that this organization, with the assistance of GDUI, develop strategies that can be implemented to broaden the understanding of healthcare professionals concerning service animals and emotional support animals. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. 
Thank you, Susan. Do we have anyone who would like to propose amendments or speak against this resolution? Mr. President, uh, this is Chris Bell, and I would like to speak against this resolution. Um, I would like to start off by saying that nothing I say is meant to be uh, an attack on Sheila Styron uh, at all. I'm opposing this resolution as a matter of policy, not personality. Um, if you read this resolution uh, directly and between the lines, it is on its face uh, an unfortunate example of uh, ACB's discrimination against people with mental disabilities when it comes to emotional support animal use. Um, the resolution essentially says people who use emotional support animals have no rights. That's because the only law we reference is the ADA and we, they're not covered under the ADA. We implicitly say that there are no benefits to a person using an emotional support animal because we certainly don't mention any. In fact, the only thing we mention about emotional support animals is that when they're not controlled, they create behavioral problems that become problematic for people who use service animals and can create a public backlash. Um, and also that uh, these healthcare, psychological healthcare providers, quote, routinely disregard, close quote, as if they knew, um, the concerns about uh, the distinctions between an emotional support animal and a service animal. So I tried to rewrite this resolution to make it balanced and I couldn't do it because it, it's just inherently one-sided. Um, so what rights do somebody who has a mental disability have to use an emotional support animal? Well, under the Fair Housing Act, such an individual has a right to have an emotional support animal in their rental apartment in a multifamily dwelling, as does somebody with a service animal. Um, there are a number of cases out there where landlords have no pet policies that are discriminatory, both against uh, guide dog users and people with emotional support animals and have been struck down. Uh, and emotional support animals are clearly in the context of uh, where living space uh, entitled to protection. Um, I think that the resolution um, needs to be balanced in a way that reflects that there are different contexts in federal law uh, and in some contexts, uh, such as in places of public accommodation, emotional support animals are not entitled to be uh, brought into such places, but in other contexts such, in such as in housing, they are. And also that, um, you know, frankly, the problem, as I can say as a guide dog user, is not emotional support animals. The real problem is pet dogs. And by the way, I would assert that all pet dogs are emotional support animals. Otherwise, why do we have them? It's because they provide us with unconditional love. But it's, uh, you know, it's pet dogs that aren't controlled. And wherever we go, in parks and in places and restaurants, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to have their dog. Um, and that's not really a problem created by people with mental disabilities that need emotional support animals. So 
Um, I think this resolution is entirely too one-sided and negative. And I also think that the implication or the assertion that we need to educate uh, mental health providers about the distinctions uh, between emotional support animals and service animals is uh, is wrong for two reasons. Number one, um, landlords have a right to ask for uh, a note from an appropriate healthcare provider as to whether or not somebody has a disability and whether or not the emotional support animal is uh, assisting with that disability. So if we say that, or we imply that healthcare providers really don't know what they're doing when they provide such notes, we are missing the fact that they're entirely appropriate in the, in the housing context. Secondly, um, I'm not so sure that we want to invite healthcare providers into the domain of being gatekeepers for uh, ADA service animal issues. I'll make an analogy. If you have a low vision person that uh, goes to their ophthalmologist and says, hey doc, my vision is getting worse. I'm really having trouble on the job. So I want you to support my application to go out on disability benefits. Do we really want the ophthalmologist to say, now, wait a minute, um, you have a right to reasonable accommodation under the Americans with Disabilities Act, and that can include reassignment to a vacant position. Have you requested an accommodation uh, of your employer? And if so, what has the employer done? This is not the province of healthcare providers. They're not, they know nothing about employment. They know nothing about anything other than medical conditions and to imply that they should have some role in uh, restricting the provision of prescriptions when a patient asks for it is frankly, particularly in the context of mental health services, putting the uh, provider in a very negative position vis-a-vis -vis their patient. It's just not their role. Um, and so uh, for these reasons, I would suggest that this resolution not pass. Mr. President. Oh, go ahead. Deb. Thank you. I think Deb and Deb and then Jeff. Is that the way yeah. I heard the voices? Okay, yep. go ahead, Deb. Mm -hmm. um, I support everything that Chris said. Uh, the additional comment that I would make is that if we want to leverage uh, anything with service animals, we need to leverage it against the behavior of the animal. It's already the, the emotional support animals are covered where they are covered, as Chris pointed out, and not covered everywhere else. So if you deal with um, the behavior and then it's found that the animal is not a service animal, um, you know, that is a different issue. Where, where the problems usually come in for are people who are faking service animals um, rather than people with legitimate um, emotional support animals. And secondly, actually, most emotional support animals are not prescribed. Uh, it would probably be better for the world if they were. But um, at least in my history of, of it actually uh, 
providing some support around enforcement around um, service animals versus emotional support animals in our state where we do have some pretty good laws I can tell you that most of them are not prescribed so I think we would just be completely missing the mark okay Jeff well you know I, I'm torn on this resolution I, I voted for it in committee I helped Sheila rewrite it I I have some concerns with it, some of which I've already mentioned to Sheila. Number one, I don't think education will do any good because um, in California, at least, um, where prescriptions are rampant, the real problem is that they do them all on the Internet. And they're not those ones who guys who do it on the Internet. They don't care. They're just going to give them out because they want to make money. Now, what they did they passed a bill this year, which is going to require them, and I think it's a very good bill, require them to have a face-to-face -face meeting with the individual um, before they can issue such a prescription. Um, and, and that, I think, is a, is a regulatory change that, that should happen, yeah. and I'm glad it did. So there are things I think we should do. I'm not really sure how much education is going to do. Um, Yes, this is one-sided, but it does reflect an ever-growing set of problems and an ever-growing amount of public backlash that's created because, as was said by Chris, mostly because of pet dogs who aren't even real emotional support animals, except in the broadest term of, the, of what that means. So um, this resolution is one-sided, and uh, as I say, I don't think education is going to really solve the issue, but I do think there needs to be a, a, a greater degree of regulation um, in, in terms of the, the certificates that are issued, in terms of um, one other thing that California did was say that when you that you can't advertise these animals as having the same rights as do service animals, and, and even though they do in certain contexts, as we know, they don't in others. So I. I, I this is not a perfect resolution. I would agree with Chris and, and Deb on that. But I think it does reflect a need that is out there. All right. Do other board members wish to speak on this? I, I guess I just have a question. Is, is Sheila on tonight? I am uh, here. Okay. I'm here. Uh -huh. Yeah. But, um, and Sheila, I'd love for you to have an opportunity to speak and, and, and maybe in your comments, I do have one question. How, my concern is how do we implement this? I mean, that, that's the part that, I mean, other than it, it'll make us feel better, but how do we, how do we, how do we implement something like this? Uh, it just seems so broad to me that's if you could kind of address that as you speak to it i'd, I'd appreciate it and i have a comment too dan yeah, yeah, go, so ahead. go ahead everybody speak. go and then okay the, the jeff and then and then and then sheila okay go ahead jeff thank sure. you sheila okay. Yeah. okay um as, as someone um who uh has a family member who who has a uh an emotional support animal but doesn't necessarily take that animal out in public um, I, I understand the need 
and I, um, I, I definitely think that there needs to be something done for this type of a situation. However, uh, as noted here, I think there is a distinction and there needs to be some protection put into place for those animals that are uh, very rigidly trained, such as uh, guide dogs, um, to, to uh, provide um, a service to blind and visually impaired people. If there were guidelines and, and statutes put in place where there had to be some level of training or at least of obedience training or some sort of assessment of the um, emotional uh, service animal, then I would be all for this. I think the concern that I have is that there is no legislation, there's no, there's no, there's no guideline or laws that, that, that I'm aware of. I mean, anybody can basically say, this is my pet parakeet, bring it on an airplane. And this is what I think we're trying to protect against and, and make sure that, that where the, the legitimate, legitimate need is and have gone through the right process, and perhaps that process is yet to be defined, then I'm all for it. But until then, I think there is significant harm done in treating a, a emotional service animal with the same uh, rights and responsibilities as a guide dog who has gone through you know two to two and a half years or of training to achieve that end result. So that's just my opinion. Mr. President, I would like to speak again, but I think Sheila, if nobody else wants to, uh, hasn't spoken, wants to speak, then maybe Sheila wants to reply. Okay. Uh, all right. Go, I go will, ahead, Sheila. Yeah. I'll take and, a shot at it. Um, there, there is an occurrence of the word certification in one of the resolve clauses that I thought we had stricken because this this isn't about certification. It's about um, prescribing. Um, and I uh, I want to thank you, Jeff, for um, explaining the new California legislation, which the governor has signed so well. I think that's a step in the right direction. When I first uh, this this resolution. Um, expresses a lot of concerns that are strongly held by guide dog users who are ACB members. And I don't know quite, Chris, how you have um, how you have expanded the umbrella of this particular resolution to be so um, encompassing of things that it does not say, not talking about the rights of emotional support animals to be in housing. This is addressing, and there are, um, and Deb, you said there aren't very many. I work in a, in a profession where at least once a day, I get a call from somebody who is talking about getting a note from a doctor to um, have an animal that makes them feel good, that is not trained, that they want to have with them, in public. And I don't think, you know, this is not a situation that is countenanced by law. And I don't think 
in trying to um, address this that we are showing prejudice to people with any sort of mental illness. And I, I guess I would also say that, that we, we just face so many problems. I, I was on a call the other day, I can't remember the specific, but somebody took a picture of an ear and got a, a sort of, you know, got a, a letter off the internet. You know, here's my emotional support animal. And they sent in a picture of their ear and they got what they, they wanted. Um, and I, I just think that uh, I've kind of lost my train of thought a little bit here, but this is something that I think requires our attention. California has just passed this great legislation. The resolution as I originally wrote it had um, more specifics of how we could work on this and through the rewrites and through all of the great minds that worked on it, it was decided to really be broadened and emptied out of a lot of the details I was proposing. And, and um, but I think, uh, I'm not sure if it was Ray, somebody was asking, or maybe it was Dan, how, what we can do, we can, we can, and I, and I think that education is, we can push for more laws such as the one California just passed that serves as a really good example of where ACB can work um, on um, getting this process to um, make things better for guide dog teams, ACB members. And I think that education is helpful. Public service announcements, um, making presentations, meeting with the governing bodies, the training bodies who create curriculum. They, these are all things that can make a difference. In a past life, I worked with um, a guide dog trainer and we developed a really inclusive, a really um, sort of a big curriculum that was an early online project for training policemen about um, how to deal with guide dog teams who had been attacked. And it was one of the early days interactive computer courses. And I think in GDB has designed um, a program where people get a dual, um, dual license certification college degree, um, you know, as a mobility instructor and as a guide dog instructor. So I think that there are many ways that um, if we can pass a resolution to get us started, although they're not spelled out in the resolution, there are, there are all of these various avenues that we can pursue. And I think if you talk to most people who work with guide dogs, yes, we do have problems with pets, um, you know, as well as with emotional support animals. But what is happening is these people who have pets are very often the ones buying things on the internet and paying for letters on the internet to, um, you know, commit fraud. So thanks for your time and your consideration. And uh, I guess Chris is next. So my point is twofold. Number one, the problems that we're talking about come down to people who are not controlling their dogs. Uh, 
in, in either out of ignorance or, you know, because they don't care. They're creating problems for guide dog uh, users where the dog's not controlled. I was involved in Minnesota in passing legislation that made it a misdemeanor for a person uh, to not keep their dog under control if it uh, attacked or interfered with the guide dog. And also got legislation that made it unlawful and a misdemeanor for a person to uh, attack a guide dog. So there are things that we can do to, as Deb said, to attack the behavior that is objectionable. But this notion that um, somebody with an anxiety disorder uh, should have to have some kind of uh, a trained dog when really all they want is the, the support of having an animal that can, whatever the animal does, lick them or they can cuddle with or whatever to deal with their anxiety. The, the notion that somehow that's, uh, you know, illegitimate in a, in a housing or in a, in a housing context is wrong. And secondly, the fact that the ADA does not provide a right to someone to use an emotional support animal in a public accommodation is not the same as saying it's wrong, all right? The ADA doesn't make it unlawful to have an emotional support animal in a public accommodation. It simply doesn't grant a right to have the animal. So if the public accommodation owner uh, wants to, people to be able to bring their dogs uh, in emotional support or otherwise, that doesn't violate the ADA. They have a right to do it. The ADA just doesn't give the owner of those dogs a right uh, to do it, but they can do it. It's not a violation of the ADA. So I think there's really a misunderstanding about the fact that the ADA does not cover people who use emotional support animals in public accommodations as meaning something negative. I think that, you, again, you're trying to make this resolution about something that it isn't, and you're trying to say that I am saying something that the resolution is, in fact, not saying. It is a fact that many doctors prescribe animals to people because it will make them feel better, and these animals are not trained, and these animals are going into public and interfering with our teams, whether the business wants to allow them in or not. And yes, all animals should, if I had my brothers, I would say everyone should strictly train their dogs and all pets should be allowed to go anywhere. I'm not a person who doesn't like to be in public with other animals. Um, I, I would like them everywhere. Um, I just want them to be well behaved. But I think that there is a significant problem with doctors writing these prescriptions, writing letters to people to them who do not know whether the animal is trained, who don't give any consideration to what will happen if somebody takes a dog somewhere and the dog has not been appropriately socialized and the person uh, doesn't control the dog and it interferes with other people. I think it happens a lot. I think you probably can't, you know, find a guide dog user who, who uh, doesn't, uh, you know, have, and I, and I have to say, I've been on buses. I've been in a lot of situations where somebody has a dog that's barking and snarling and 
If I say the slightest thing to them, they scream and they say they have papers and they wave their papers and how dare I. And that is just something that we need to, we need to address, I think, education and public awareness are, are very important. First of all, doctors are not going to become gatekeepers about emotional support animals or any other kind of, it's not what they do. It's not what they're trained to do. It's not their job. Doctors try to help their patients in what well, their then, patients so want. Somebody- it's not their job to say that somebody sh- shouldn't get a dog or shouldn't have an untrained, that's just not what doctors do. Yeah, it's not their responsibility. What if somebody comes in and says, I want, I want extra opioids, you know, I need it. I feel like I need more drugs. Come on, people go in and they ask for dogs and the doctor doesn't, I'm just- It's not you know, their job. Wait, ladies, Mr. 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 President. We're we're That's kind right. of we're going back and forth, and I'm going sorry. going back and forth. But can, can I just make one last point, Dan? Yes, Jeff. Yeah. I, I I think that that, um, and if I'm misstating this, uh, then just correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here. But I don't think anybody here is disagreeing that emotional support animals are not important because they are. My sure. concern my concern is that there needs to be some sort of a standard that guarantees that when an emotional support animal is in public or in or living in an apartment with an individual, that that animal is well-behaved and is not of harm or at public risk to others. And this resolution and, and I don't do and I don't and I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation. But but that's not Mr. what the, this, this resolution does not do I, that at all. The, the focus of this it resolution does, it does. is saying that that doctors, it, but I believe that it, it does. it's focused towards the, the 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 medical profession and the doctors that are prescribing uh, is is my is le- at least the way it's I read not the letter. Set a standard for the dog. But, but we have Kim and then right. Kim and then Deb. Okay, go ahead, okay. Kim. So, uh, I think what I'm going to say pains me a bit to say, but I think this is a really important issue, but. I think that the resolution is not ready for prime time. And I I don't think that the board should support this resolution. I move that we refer it to GDUI and the ACB Advocacy Committee to rework a resolution that doesn't necessarily put the onus on the medical profession, but tackles what Jeff was talking about with respect to trying to to figure out a way to solve a problem that is almost unsolvable. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. Right. I second so, that. Um, that's, that's my motion. And, and I mm-hmm. hate to do it, but I'd rather see us send it back for more work from GDUI and the Advocacy Committee than to see it defeated say- by this board. We did do that. We have worked with it. Melanie Brunson and I have worked on it for many hours, worked with that committee. And I just want to say that we all agree that the training of the animals is the most and the most critical. And for years, I've been saying it's just all about the behavior. It's about the training and a serious contributing factor to untrained dogs being in public is these doctors prescribing. So this resolution addresses one aspect of it. And 
yeah, if somebody wants to write a resolution that would be completely un unenforceable about training all pets and emotional support animals, I would vote for it, but I'm, so, I'm not going to write I'm, that I'm one. not asking for an outline of what we should do right this moment. That's going to have to come later on. But I think that we need to employ broader strategies and GDUI and the advocacy committee are a start. Um, we may have to pull in others to, to give us the kind of guidance and direction we need to make this work. But right now, I don't think it's going to work. And I'd rather see us re reassess and try to come back with a plan than to, to defeat this resolution wholesale. Yeah. Okay, so we, we have a motion and we have a second. And, and we have... Ooh. Excuse me. Uh, uh, Needs another beer. Yes. Do, do we do we have any discussion on this motion to uh, refer to uh, advocacy at the advocacy services committee and uh, GDUI? So somebody did second it, but I'll second it. Yeah, no, no, Deb seconded it. I, I, I'm sorry if I said second. Do we have any more discussion before oh. we vote on that motion? Hearing no other discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. And Sheila, thank you. The spirit of what you're trying to do is, is very, very commendable. So we just got to figure out what can what? we do that ACB can actually go put our, sink our teeth into and get accomplished. Yeah. I thank everybody for all of your time and thought. Thank you, Thanks. Sheila. All right. Gabe, we're at resolution number eight. Okay. Number 16 for the year. Uh, this is uh, one that we heard actually last month. Um, this is on the accessible programs at the VA. And it was submitted by Penny Reader. All right. Whereas the United States Department of Veterans Affairs, VA, employs a number of personnel who are blind or have low vision, whose roles within the agency allow the VA to serve United States veterans in a wide range of capacities and to provide many diverse services to these veterans and their families. And whereas these employees who are blind or have low vision rely upon assistive technologies, including but not limited to screen readers, screen magnification, and speech recognition software to accomplish the tasks associated with their jobs. And whereas these employees are required to utilize a number of database and software applications, many of which do not work seamlessly with the assistive technology they utilize, and whereas the VA has in the past contracted to provide additional one-on-one -on -one group training and remote and on-site assistance to assist these employees in using largely inaccessible database programs and other applications with their assistive technology. And whereas the VA, employ, whereas the VA employed professionals to write scripts to make inaccessible software more accessible with assistive technology and whereas the VA has provided step-by-step -step instructions for using otherwise inaccessible databases and other 
applications of for applications for employees who utilize screen magnification, screen readers, and speech to text assistive technologies. And whereas these interventions allow problems associated with newly purchased software and software updates, which do not work seamlessly with the assistive technologies, to be addressed and resolved quickly. And whereas the Departments of Veterans Affairs has indicated that they are now in a transition period at the end of which they expect more developers of inaccessible applications to have repaired inaccessibility problems associated with their software. And whereas during this transition period, the VA through its Section 508 office provides assistive aimed provides assistance aimed at promoting accountability within the VA to ensure that applications meet Section 508 accessibility standards. And whereas notwithstanding these efforts, it is the view of some VA employees who are blind or have low vision that the training and services provided during this transition period are insufficient to enable these employees to adequately perform the essential functions of their jobs and thus threaten their continued employment. And whereas the Blinded Veterans Association has made appropriate recommendations to the VA on the concerns expressed in this resolution, now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically this 29th day of September 2021, that this organization collaborate with the Blinded Veterans Association concerning the need to ensure that during this transition period, VA employees who are blind or have low vision receive the training services and performance equity protections they need to enable them to continue performing the essential functions of their positions and thus ensure their continued employ employability within the VA and be it further resolved that if the VA is not responsive to the concerns expressed in this resolution, this organization inform the appropriate congressional oversight committees of these issues. Resolutions committee recommends a due pass. Thank you, Susan. I'm gonna go real, come to cut to the chase here. Penny, uh, you were the maker of the resolution. Pat, you've had a lot of discussion on this. Are you two both comfortable with this resolution as it's now written? I'm comfortable with it. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you so much, Penny. And I'm good with it too. Uh, Dan, I will recuse myself on the vote, but I'm good with it. Okay. Very good. Okay. Thank you for that. It makes, I think, us other bird members feel better since you all are the two experts. Um, any Anyone who wishes to uh, propose an amendment or vote against this resolution? Mr. President, this is Chris Bell. I'm not, yes. I think it's a good resolution, but I, it, it sort of bothers me that with all the reference to assistive technology, et cetera, uh, in paragraph, the second whereas paragraph, that the resolution never says that a VA employee who is blind or who has low vision is entitled to such uh, assistive technology as a matter of right under the Rehabilitation Act's reasonable accommodation mandate. Otherwise, it just kind of reads like, well, you know, we, they, we give them this stuff and, and you know, <laughs> hopefully it works out. But this is a right that these employees have and has to be respected. 
I have no objection to adding a clause that would say, whereas uh, federal employees are entitled to receive assistive technology that allows them to do their work under the terms of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 as amended. I mean, that's fine with me. That, okay. I, I understand that also, Chris, but that's rather stating the obvious since it's true throughout the federal government. Right, right. We're, we're, we're talking about the VA employees being able to do the essential functions of their job. And, and, but if you don't reference reasonable comment, that's part of uh, how somebody is determined to be qualified for their job and doing their job is with or without reasonable accommodation. I, I think right. so. And it sounds like Penny, who's the maker of the motion, is, see, sees that as a friendly amendment. I um, do. Okay, good. In, any other comments? Thank you, Chris. All right, hearing none, I'm going to call the question. All those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, and Penny, would you mind working with Gabe to add, and Chris perhaps, to, to add that one whereas clause to the resolution? Sure, I'm happy I to I think as that. you stated it. And Penny, sure. thank you for all your efforts in this, uh, and uh, we we really appreciate them. And Pat, thank I you wanna, for your thank feedback you guys. as well. Thank you, thank you so much, Penny. and the thank resolutions you, you. committee. Thank you. And thank yeah, you. good job. And thank you, Jeff, for your support. Note. Yeah, you've I've got made it. A note to uh, to work on that, inserting it after that. Uh, okay. After that, so Penny and, and Chris, uh, in the next year or two, we can work on putting that together. That sounds good. Thanks, Gabe. Very good. All right. We're now on to the ninth resolution of the evening. So take it away, Gabe. And I believe this one is going to be number 18, which is on um, Medicaid home and community-based uh, services. And this was submitted to us by Steve Mendelson. All right, here is the resolution. Whereas for many years, the federal Medicaid program has authorized and funded through state Medicaid programs, the provision of home and community-based services, HCBS, for Medicaid recipients with disabilities and medical conditions and whereas these services are generally aimed at enabling program recipients to avoid the high cost of institutionalization and age in place in their homes or in community settings. And whereas, the few, whereas with few exceptions, states have not used this authority to provide services targeted to people who are blind or have low vision. And whereas the recently enacted American Rescue Plan Act contained a significant one-time Medicaid, Medicaid funding increase for states to use for the provision of home and community-based services. And whereas in order for a state to claim the to claim and expend these funds, the state was required to submit a spending plan by early summer and for review and approval by the federal centers for Medicare and Medicaid services. 
CMS, and whereas although the deadline for federal plan review and approval has technically passed, it is our understanding that many states have not yet received this review, and whereas even in those states for which review has already been completed, funds do not need to be expended until January 1st of 2024, giving states opportunities to modify within the bounds of their plan, the details on funding expenditures through legislative or administrative action. And whereas the availability of these funds together with the need for developing a plan for their, their use has created the opportunity for states to, to devise new strategies and innovative services to better meet the needs of Medicaid recipients and to more effectively define and deliver the HCBS on which their health, safety, social participation, independence, and ability to remain in their homes and communities so often depends. And whereas the dramatic, the dramatically underfunded older individuals who are blind um, OIB program is estimated to provide no more than 3%, estimated to provide not more than 3% of the need for the types of home and community-based services required by adults who are blind or have low vision to remain in their home or community settings. And whereas data from the OIB program clearly supports the necessity for states to use Medicaid HCBS funding to target the needs of adults with vision loss for such services as orientation and mobility training, daily living skills training, including cooking, cleaning, and the ability to avoid medication use errors, reader assistance and technology, including assistive technology and housing modifications. And whereas the provision of HCBS targeted to adults who are blind or have low vision is especially important during this pandemic because it enables Medicaid recipients to avoid the high risk of contracting COVID-19 when placed in when placed in congregate living facilities. And whereas guidance to states by CMS concerning the value of include the value of including HCBS targeted to Medicaid recipients who are blind or have low vision offers an unprecedented opportunity for a major expansion of the role of these services in the lives of this population. Through improving health, safety, and social participation by preventing nursing home placements or enabling the transition from institutional settings back into the community and by enabling such individuals to live more independently. Now, Therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically this 29th day of September, that the American Council of the Blind immediately make known to CMS the degree to which HCBS 
targeted at Medicaid recipients who are blind or have low vision will meet the goals of the Medicaid program and enhance the lives of this population. And we had further resolved that ACB urge CMS in implementing its oversight of state Medicaid funds, including those under the American Rescue Plan Act to issue guidance to states concerning the value of targeting these services to recipients who are blind or have low vision. And be it further resolved that ACB urge its affiliates to advocate for the use of Medicaid funds, including American Rescue Plan Act funding and funding for home and community-based services targeted at the needs of Medicaid recipients who are blind or have low vision. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. Thank you so much, Susan. Do we have any board members who would like to propose amendments or speak against this resolution? Hearing none. I have, I have nope. one amendment. Go, go ahead, Chris. You know, so <laughs> I, I, well, I think it would be, I think it would be helpful for uh, people that may not be familiar with home and community-based services. They, they give a, Steve gives an example much further down about the OIB program, but I think it would be helpful to have a third whereas clause um, that says, um, let me find where I put this in. So I, I would add something like, whereas HCBS services for persons who are blind or have low vision include but are not limited to services such as orientation and mobility, training, uh, daily living skills, training, um, skills training, including cooking, cleaning, and the ability, the ability to avoid medication errors. I just lifted it from his OIB discussion. I just think it makes more sense to have that explanation of what we're talking about up front and not wait till almost the end of the whereas clauses. Yeah, you know, as the one who wrote that paragraph in, um, Chris, I actually agree with you. I think it would have been better to move it up. Okay. Thank you for that suggestion. So, so you guys are saying to take, to, to add one in or to take the no, one? No, we'll just move it up. No, just basically, we'll have to change it slightly. So you and I can work on it, but basically we're going to move the description of what they would entail up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because that's when it kind of made sense to me as a more of a yeah. layman when 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 I understood that. Yeah. I, I'm a little concerned that our affiliates won't really understand the resolution um, because it's written by people that really really understand waiver services and you know. What we're really saying is Medicaid, if you need skilled nursing facility care, you're going to go into a nursing home, which Medicaid will pay for if you don't have the assets and the income, unless you are entitled to a waiver of that right. And those waivers are defined by the states under the Social Security Act and can include what I will call waivered services of different 
uh, different types. And so there's two issues. One is what waivered services are the states allowing under their different waivers? And secondly, is there enough money? So this, this resolution focuses heavily on the money. I'm not sure that all states have waivered services that include the kind of services we're talking about. No, so, almost none of them do. They do not. I mean, they no. have, right. they have so, home and community services, but they don't have our type of right. So, so we so. And if, but if I had, but if we had gone into too much more detail, I think they would have been understood even less. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I guess. This is I, Deb. Yeah. I just was going to suggest that I think it would be helpful to leave the resolution as is and to, um, because it targets the people who need to understand that level. And it's probably really helpful to write a, some other more gentle document <laughs> for states. <laughs> but but my, other, my other question is, um, I know the thing that we've struggled with here about that um, as we've worked it through has been that they primarily want these services provided as a, as a medical service. And so it's, you, you're not, you're what the part of the difficulty is that um, uh, rehab professionals who are not medical providers are not recognized as providers. And so that is actually not, not addressed here and 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 shouldn't necessarily be but that is really a big piece of the barrier so deb you're right but the states have the ability oh yeah as a few states have to change that yeah but not, not disagreeing not disagreeing yeah, at all it's something that's really hard to put all of that in the resolution you're yeah, right but that is something that our affiliates actually could tangibly that's the piece our affiliates could work on. And whether it was in the resolution or not makes actually no difference to me. Um, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't, that's why I say I would, I would keep the resolution as it is, except for the amendment you've all made, which does make super sense. But I think the piece that when we're thinking about what do we want our affiliates to understand, that's the piece that we could teach our affiliates to understand and work with. I, I think that's something the advocacy steering committee could work on. Yeah. 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 All right, so good discussion. I think I'm ready to call the question with the one change of moving the clause further up. And Jeff, you're good with working with Gabe to- Absolutely. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, and I so, made a note about that we need to do that. Yeah. All right, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, thank you. All right, that was resolution number nine. So we're a little over halfway done. All right, Gabe, we are now ready for resolution number 10 of the evening. And so get us going, sir. And thank you, you all right. for taking a few minute break. And it was good to just ah, yeah, my dog take a breath. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody, including our, our service animals. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Gabe. All right. And thanks to everybody who uh hung around and listened to our chatter during the uh during that intermission. Okay, time. resolution number 2021, number 21, is on, <sighs> is on voter suppression of people with disabilities. And it was submitted to us by Regina Brink. A number of resolutions coming out of California tonight. And here it is. 
Whereas during recent elections, organizations of and for people with disabilities have identified a large number of barriers to effective voting for people with disabilities, including those who are blind or have low vision. And whereas a number of states have passed laws during 2021, which have done nothing to ameliorate these shortcomings and indeed have actually made access to private independent verifiable voting more difficult for people with disabilities. And whereas federal and state laws, as well as court decisions, clearly call upon states to assure that people with disabilities are able to vote privately, verifiably, and independently without endangering either their medical condition or their access to the polls and Whereas in many jurisdictions, information regarding elections is frequently unavailable in accessible formats, and whereas the net effect of both the current practices in virtually all jurisdictions and of the new laws being passed constitutes blatant suppression of the right uh. for people with disabilities, including those who are blind or have low vision. Now... Therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 29th day of September 2021, that this organization work with its Advocacy Services Committee to develop a list of best practices which can be shared with ACB's state affiliates and local chapters, and be it further resolved that, among other things, the best practices shall cover access to polling places during early voting and on election day, the availability of accessible vote by mail ballots, including electronic return, effective access to voter registration, sample ballot information, and other responsibilities of county authorities and state and local legislation and regulations that provide for appropriate treatment for people with disabilities during all elements of the voting process which take into account medical conditions that might otherwise limit appropriate participation in federal, state, and local elections. Resolution Committee recommends a due pass. Thank you, Susan. We have uh, any board members who would like to propose amendments or speak against this resolution. Hearing none, I, I only have one comment. I, I think we've done a lot of this with our voting toolkit and many of the white papers and letters we've, we've put together on voting. So I don't think this is a really heavy lift for ACB to kind of incorporate this resolution. But um, hearing no other discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you so much. And Regina, thank you so much for, um, uh, for proposing and writing this resolution. And thank you, Resolutions Committee. So thank you so much.
Is Regina there? Would she like to say a word or two? <laughs> I am here. Okay, I'd like to recognize you, Regina. Go ahead. Okay, and for the record, go San Francisco Giants. Go Giants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I heard Joe yelling, go Dodgers, I think, behind Yes, we have our, our <laughs> normal state of affairs in this house. Thanks, Dodgers. Um, I just want to thank the Resolutions Committee and Paul Edwards and Jeff Tom, who helped me work on this, and also the board for considering and passing this resolution. And ACP for doing so much in this um, area. To begin with, and to include this information in membership. Okay. Uh, someone else. Okay. Is, someone we, we've is got somebody that maybe needs to be not. unmuted. We're hearing you um, yeah. with a conversation. Sure. Yeah. Names and all kinds of good things. All right. Well, thank you so much, Regina, and thank you, uh, and good luck with uh, with uh, your team you're rooting for this evening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank, you. thank you. All right. All right. We're now moving on to resolution number eleven. So, thank you, Gabe. All right, and our numbers are jumping exponentially a bit here. We're up to number resolution number 2021-26, which is inclusive language in communications. And this one was submitted to us by um, Blind LGBT Pride International, BPI. Uh, so thank you right. to those folks and uh go ahead Susan. all right resolution reads as follows whereas the american council of the blind prohibits discrimination based on race national origin gender sexual orientation religion political affiliation disability and age and whereas the american council of the blind has begun to collect demographic information from their members, including both gender-specific and gender-neutral information, depending upon each member's personal identity, and to include this information in membership databases, and whereas the American Council of the Blind, through its Board of Publications, has already begun considering how to promote and endorse the use of gender neutral language in ACB communications and whereas recent guidance promulgated in the Associated Press style book parentheses as long ago as 2017 and paren which ACB refers to with respect to ACB generated written materials embraces the use of they there, which is also in quotes, as a gender neutral as a gender neutral single singular pronoun. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the board of directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 29th day of September 2021, that this organization urge the ACB Board of Publications and writers and editors who produce written communications and other media reflecting the values of the ACB to explore ways of implementing guidance regarding the organization's preference for using gender neutral language in all ACB communications and media. And be it further resolved that BPI conduct at least one community call on the use of gender neutral language and agrees to consult with the Board of Publications on the implementation of this inclusive approach 
to language. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. Thank you, Susan. <clears throat> All right. Um, do we have any board members who wish to offer an amendment or speak against this resolution? I have to admit that I'm going to take my hat off for just a minute, maybe, Deb, and yes. have you be chair again for a moment. I will. I'm just um, my thoughts as I've read through this on the second resolve clause, do we, um, it, it seems like we don't really need to have a, a resolve that, that BPI would have a community event. It seems like to me, they just choose to do that. They, they, they could just choose to do that. And, and we'd be happy to welcome them as an affiliate like we do all special interest affiliates or affiliates who wish to have a community event. So it, that, that second resolve seemed to be to get be unnecessary to me. I don't think, Madam President, uh, Madam Chair, I should say, I don't think it hurts to have it there because it says, it kind of says this is these are the things that we as BPI are going to do, and it, it puts them kind of on record and commits them. So I don't think it hurts to have it there. Okay, I just didn't want to get down the practice that we that we're we're passing resolutions that affiliates have to go do community events. That seemed that's kind of out of our purview as ACB to me that we would. Yeah, yeah it um, kind of looks like it's directing them that it rather, you know. But, but it, is it not their resolution? It, it is it, their it resolution. Is. <laughs> yeah. And then Dan, so, I found. So in in that case, I would think that, that they're committing to do it rather than we're right. asking. Yeah. Yeah. And Gabriel, so Gabriel did, did say, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is Gabe and Gabriel, Gabriel did say that uh, you know, they, they were on board with that. That was his idea. He thought it was good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. It just it just kind of read weird to me, so I wanted to at least make that comment. Okay. But all right, they, I'm, they I'm were back. on board, and I think I think he actually even like uh, like Pat said. I think that he was Gabriel. I think was the one that even suggested they put that in there. Okay. All right. Just to show their commitment. All right. I will. I will give up the the speaking side and go back to the to the monitoring side. So, all right. Are there any other? Um, so this Comments is Deb. from board members. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to put on my retired board of publications hat <laughs> uh, just for a second. So, um, so we already essentially have ad adopted the the AP style guide. Um, what I am am not really sure, you know, and and this would need to be worked through. I mean, what additional implementation um, people. Um, we, we try to make sure that as we're editing uh, what what people write that we you know edit for anything that is uh, is problematic and so you know we, we definitely could edit more strictly for this but um, I am concerned that also people uh, write how they do and that it's uh, it may become really difficult to totally enforce this in, in in the near future so it's not really clear quite what the expectation entirely is around this i mean it it may be kind of challenging um but i think that definitely we've tried to pay more attention in this area and be more sensitive to it for sure um so i i'm not opposed to the resolution at all i just am a little bit concerned about um 
sort of the process of implementation, what's kind of expected. Um, it's fine that BPI is willing to consult, but I think that will be up to the BOP how it how it chooses to use that uh, offer. Mr. President? Yes, Jeff, go ahead. I, I really hear what Deb is saying. Um, I happen to be board president of Disability Rights California, and they adopted a very similar policy to the one that um, <clears throat> has been promulgated for ACB. And it does create some, it did create some angst, I think, among some staff members. I heard, I wasn't part of that process at all, but apparently it did create, and, and other, and most people were just fine with it. So I guess that's, you know, the times in which we live. Uh, and I, I don't know what more to say. It's, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. And all um, I'm saying is that it does create additional work. So it's not that it's not that it just happens. It does, re it does require significant additional work. Um, and that's not to say we can't do it, but I think people need to understand that it's kind of a, a process. Hi, this is Penny. Um, I'm going to speak as a person who helped BPI write the resolution and also uh, a member of the BOP. Mm -hmm. And I think what the resolution says is that the BOP will promote appropriate use of language, not that we will enforce it. And um, I think even if you look at the conversations surrounding uh, the AP style manual over the last five or six years, it's been a slow process. And uh, uh, I think we're just trying, all trying to move in the right direction. And I think that's all the resolution is asking us to do. Mm -hmm. Good. All right, thank you, Penny. All right, You're so hearing no other discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, thank you. That was, I believe, number 11. Are we going to 12 now, Gabe? Sorry, saving a document, getting over to the next one. <laughs> um, next up, we have, and I, as I've said, um, the way I numbered these was, uh, you know, I kind of numbered them all as they came in. And so we've uh, taken them out of order between the last one and this one. Um, so that's why my numbers are going are being said differently than some of yours, Dan. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, I just want folks to to hear that because I know that you guys all on the board have seen the uh, seen the numbering that I had on them. Oh and, yeah, and, uh, I, and I, I was just saying which number. I, I'm not yeah, yeah. saying that it's, it's number just twelve. How far it's just, it's just how end. far down we've gone through the list? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and yeah, I, I was yeah. just I was just saying that for the for anybody listening on ACB radio. That's right. Like, yes. Yes. Like, Why are you guys saying two different numbers? <laughs> no, yeah. I'll, I call, I'll quit <laughs> saying a number. I'll just say the next one. It's just my way of yeah, keeping. No, no, it, yeah. It's fine. I know which number I I've got next up. But um, anyway, uh, next up is number resolution number twenty eight on uh, diversity, equity, and uh, inclusion. Mm -hmm. And this one was submitted to us by, um, it came, it came uh, uh, from Sandra Sermons, but it was on behalf of the MCAC. Mm -hmm. So it was an MCAC resolution and Sandra is the one that uh, 
think there's a lot of the writing is committed to it. So, all right, take it away, it. Susan. Whereas the American Council of the Blind (ACB) is comprised of members from all walks of life and all races and ethnicities, and Whereas for the past 60 years, ACB has been the leading consumer organization of people who are blind or have low vision, which prides itself on the diversity of its membership. And whereas the National Council of Nonprofits through extensive research has demonstrated that embracing diversity with inclusion promotes the overall well-being of nonprofit organizations and Whereas ACB has already begun, begun taking steps to embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion by doing such things as providing diversity training to both the membership and staff and hiring several people of color. And whereas the ACB staff should reflect the diversity of the membership and ultimately of America, now Therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically this 29th day of September 2021, that ACB continue on the path of diversity and inclusion by working with the Multicultural Affairs and other appropriate committees to outline and facilitate intentional steps to hire and retain a well-qualified, well-trained, and more diverse staff, including a plan to ensure a more diverse candidate pool and be it further resolved that the ACB president reports to the membership at least twice a year on ongoing diversity efforts in staff and membership demographics, the number of people of color who are leaders of affiliates and committees, and the ongoing efforts to ensure that all publications and media outlet and media reflect the diversity of America and of our membership. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. All right. Thank you, Susan. Does anyone wish to speak against or offer amendments? And just one quick amendment. In that first resolve clause, it said, we talked, the rest of the resolution talks about diversity, equity, and inclusion. But in that first resolve, the way Susan read it, it said diversity and inclusion. I just like to see us put the word equity in there mm -hmm. before the word and so that we're consistent. Okay. I think that would be a friendly amendment. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe, you got that? Yes, sir. All right. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. All right. Good. All right. Hearing no one else Thanks ask for the, for the catch, right? Yeah. Hearing no one else ask for the floor. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. All right, Gabe, next resolution. <laughs> we'll keep this. Okay, <laughs> that was on. So we are on to number 20. We'll, we'll, we'll use numbering neutral language here. That's right. <laughs> and, um, I'll, I'll, keep it, way, I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the Cardinals did lose. Oh, my God. Bummer. Ah, they're just getting ready for the playoffs. <laughs> getting their losses out of the way. All right. Number 29 is on uh, Free Matter for the Blind, 
And that one was submitted to us by Sandra Sermons representing herself. Here it is. Whereas for many decades, people who are blind or have low vision have depended upon the free matter for the blind mailing option to receive valuable materials. And whereas the National Library Services use, uses free matter to distribute many of its materials. And whereas the past few years has seen a marked deterioration and delay in delivery of materials mailed under the free matter option. Now, therefore be it resolved by the board of directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically this 29th day of September, 2021, that ACB express its profound dissatisfaction with the current state of free matter for the blind delivery and work with the postmaster general to promote and improve this vital service and be it further resolved that as of this effort, the postmaster general is encouraged to ensure that ongoing training is provided to local post office personnel. Resolution committee recommends a due pass. Thank you, Susan. Would anyone like to speak against this or offer amendments? Dan, this is Kim. Yes, Kim, our librarian. I like that. Yes. <laughs> well, if I anyone with, should speak to this, it yes, is you. <laughs> I think it's very true. Uh, since I deal with free matter every day, um, I, I don't. I certainly don't disagree at all with this. The the state of affairs of mail in general is <laughs> very terrible right now, um, and free matter is not any better. And if there's any distance between where you're mailing your letter, um, it, it will be even worse because, you know, I mean, the rationale for that is that the post office is changing its delivery model from air, air carrier to um, trucking mm. or train, ground, ground transporting of the mail because it's less <laughs> expensive. So it's going to be slower. It's really slow. And it's. Too bad, but I, I think the one thing that I really would like to change is the postmaster general part. If there's anybody in this world who really doesn't give a hoot, it's the postmaster general about free matter for the blind. <laughs> so, um, and I don't mean to sound political about that. It's just, it's not on the radar, but there are people at the post office who specialize, they're like liaison officers for free matter. They're, they're liaisons to the National Library Service. There are many people, customer service supervisors who care about free matter. So rather than the postmaster, who I don't think will help our cause at all, I think we, we should say something like identified post, post office personnel with expertise in free matter delivery. That gives us some flexibility to talk to the right people and to, you know, to get our issues on the table and have something done with them. It doesn't rule out the postmaster if we really think we've got to go there. But I think that the rank and file people who have been working with us on free matter issues are going to help more than the postmaster general. Yeah. If that's a motion, this is Deb, I would second it. And I would also ask, um, probably Kim maybe knows this, um, is part of the issue 
how free matter is um, classified because it's classified um, in the lowest caliber of mail, which they seem to deliver a lot of anyway, which is the newspapers and whatever. Um, but it is classified in, in the very lowest category of mail. Right. So is that part of the people, issue? Well, post office people, whenever I've talked to them about free matter delays, <sighs> have always come back to me and said, we treat free matter like first class mail. Um, they have always said that, even at the federal level, as well as at regional centers and delivery hubs and that kind of thing. Maybe that's um, the problem. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> First class mail isn't doing too well either. So, <laughs> but um, Mr. President, this, this is Gabe, and I, I want to yeah. go back a, a second here. Um, I, I would consider that a, a friendly amendment. Friendly. Yeah, I think so too. It, it I don't think. Stranger. But Kim, could you please say what you what said, I said in place of Postmaster General? Right. I think I said appropriate U.S. Postal Service um, staff with expertise in free matter. With expertise. Yeah, that's and, and I like that because I actually didn't know they had any. So if they do, that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. yeah. And the other say. thing that I think is kind of important is in the first line, it says we've been relying on free matter for decades. We've actually been relying on free matter for 107 years. Yeah, I think you should say 1904 that. is when free matter yeah. was implemented. Wow. In the, um, no, so I think we should say that. I think that's significant. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. It's much more strong than yeah. a few yeah. decades. So yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather strengthen this, certainly. Yeah. That's more than a century. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah. We could say for 107 years, and then in parentheses, you could say since 1904 or something. But that'd be 117 years. Yeah, 100. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you yeah, got to do yeah. your math. Yeah, there. I got to do my math. I know. Yeah. You could say five, <laughs> four, seven years ago. This, this would be, this would, <laughs> was it 1904, Kim? It was 1904. Okay, yes. so it's 117 yes. years. Okay, yeah. Yeah. good. Okay, oh, gotcha. So we're, so we're changing. You should tell uh, them that when it was all delivered by pony, it was actually getting there faster. <laughs> she got it faster, right? Yeah. The blind so mules did a better decades. job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so, so what do you guys want to say? Do you want to say for since 1904? Do you want to say yes. for over 100 years? You want to say both? I want to say since 1904. 1904, and you could mm -hmm. put in parentheses 117 years, so they don't have to do the math. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Show up our mathematical skills. Too. <laughs> Just because it's the postal service, you can't insist that they don't know arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think, I believe both of those okay, would so be considered friendly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I said since 1904, parentheses, 117 years. Mm -hmm. Uh. And then it just went on to mm -hmm. people who are blind or have low vision, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's right. Good. All right. Okay. Got them. Thank you, Kim. All right. I'm going to call the question. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. We're ready for the next one, Gabe. Ooh, we're moving right along. That break seemed to really make a difference. It was all that cheese you asked us to eat. I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
All right. And this is number 30 for the night or uh, for the year. We're in the uh, 30s. This is good. I, I, yeah. I want to point out that we're in the 30s. There's a lot of resolutions. And, and, <laughs> and, and for everybody that has patiently waited, there are none in the 40s. So. <laughs> yes, <good. laughs> oh, dear. That's the reason to celebrate right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and this one is, uh, just in case you guys thought we were getting away from internet stuff, this is on website and app access. And this one was submitted to us by Artist Basin. All right, Californian. (laughs) Whereas some business membership entities, including American Business Women's Association, ABWA, and Business Network International, BNI, have, in spite of repeated requests, have refused to make their programs and curricula accessible to members who are blind or have low vision. And whereas this has meant that such members are unable to receive certificates for online course completion and other benefits, which has had a serious impact on potential career advancement. Now, therefore be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 29th day of September, 2021, that ACB communicate our dissatisfaction with ABWA and BNI and request that these entities make all digital products and services fully accessible to people who are blind or have low vision. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. All right. Thank you, Susan. Uh, any board members wishing to make amendments or speak against? Now, this is Chris Bell. I have no problem yes. with the resolution, but they're in the first whereas clause. There are two halves, and it doesn't sound right to have both of them, but maybe I'm just too tired. To nope. And, and I caught the same thing, Chris, and I've already deleted the second half. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Good job, guys. Good job. Well done. It, any other comments? I, I will say this is a wonderful test case because I think this is, I'll use the word pandemic. This, this is a pandemic across all kinds of different certification entities that require online courses in order to extend their certifications. It's, it, it is a big problem. Yeah. And this is, this is artists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to say yes, and I've been a member of one for 10 years and the other one for 20 years, and I've, you know, made ongoing requests, and uh, they uh, use the excuse of third-party third party applications and, you know, things like that to justify the fact that they can't deal with it and change it. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. well, very good, ours. All right, I'm going to call the question. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? And artists, thank you for bringing this. And please continue, work with the Advocacy Services Committee to kind of, you know, make sure we get the appropriate letter out and and, and follow up. Yeah. No problem. Okay. No problem. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, Gabe, next. All right, next up, um, just in case you guys were getting used to short resolutions. Um, <laughs> we we have a, a nice little resolution submitted to us by Mark Riker and uh, Lori Scharf. 
And this is on a TBI registry. But Gabe, it was longer than it is now. You should. It was. Me. That's why I said a nice little revolution. <laughs> yeah, that's still they, not they the were, longest were, of the night. Let's be clear. No. <laughs> they, they, were, they were. They were. They were. When they initially wrote, they were remembering Charlie Hodge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Susan, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> hey. Whereas a purported national registry for teachers of students with visual impairments parentheses, the registry, has been launched in 2021 by an organization operating under the name Success Beyond Sight. And whereas the stated purposes of the registry are to gain better understanding of the current nationwide number of related characteristics of teachers of students with visual impairments, TVIs, to meet an alleged unaddressed need for a national voice on behalf of TVIs and to allow researchers to more fully analyze and describe current and future needs for teacher preparation programs and funding. And whereas the registry is a fundamentally flawed, potentially dangerous and uh, redundant mechanism for achieving these declared intended results and whereas a TVI's participation or lack of participation in the registry places the TVI in significant potential professional jeopardy in that ill-informed, mislead, malicious, or even well-intended that should have been misled. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> let's try that again. Um, I want to do the whole clause because we want to get this right. Whereas a, TV's part, a TVI's participation or lack of participation in the registry places the TVI in significant potential professional jeopardy in that ill-informed, misled, malicious, or even well-intended parents, hiring authorities, fellow colleagues, administrators, and others have no meaningful fundraising have no me meaning, God, what's going on with my brain, have no meaningful uh, guardrails against drawing unwarranted conclusions about a given TVI's performance, commitment to community involvement, or even basic qualifications. And whereas all TVI's who participate in the registry are encouraged to proudly display a digital badge via electronic communications and social media indicating their registration, a badge that can be all too easily misrepresented and or misconstrued as a micro-credential or other attestation of competency. And whereas participating in, uh, whereas participating TVIs who are fully state licensed and who may have even completed doctoral training along with participating TVIs having no appreciable recognition by competent authority and possessing barely minimal qualifications or experience are equally encouraged to display the digital badge and are listed side by side in public facing registry search results without <clears throat> distinction and 
whereas the registry is entirely vulnerable to the inclusion of individuals claiming to be TVIs, but who possess no training, credentials, or experience whatsoever, and who indeed may even be uh, fictitious persons or imposters. And whereas the registry's, registry's profound limitations have the potential to place particularly vulnerable children with vision loss at significant risk, and whereas the unhelpful diversity and inconsistency across America's states and territories in what legal qualifications are and are not required to perform work as a TVI calls for advocacy for systems change at the federal, but especially the state levels. And whereas such advocacy is comprised by the registry and publicly, let me just look at this, such advocacy is compromised, excuse me, whereas such advocacy is compromised by the registry, which publicly blurs distinctions between and among those calling themselves TVIs, while failing to screen registration against nationally recognized preparation and practice criteria. And whereas the registry's, registry's design and implementation completely thwarts the noble goal of obtaining useful data for researchers to mine, given the registry's manifest methodological difficulties, making any findings from data analysis utterly useless in advocacy for personnel preparation, funding or other objectives. And whereas such advocacy efforts will in fact have to distance themselves from the registry and its anticipated um, so-called research findings in order to be better positioned to succeed. And whereas development of the registry was undertaken without any formal involvement by the vision loss community's leading consumer and professional organizations with decade long systems change ex expertise in vision loss related special education expertise, which would have helped at least in part to ameliorate the defects in the registry's design and implementation. Now, therefore be it resolved by the board of directors of the American Council of the Blind assembled telephonically on this 29th day of September, 2021, that this organization urges the vision loss community and the professional TVI community specifically to exercise extreme caution, if not total disengagement with promotion of and participation in and usage of any data derived from the National Registry for Teachers of Students with Visual Impairments. And we had further resolved that ACB join with the Association of Education and Rehabilitation for the Blind and Visually Impaired um, era, the Council of Exceptional Children Division on Visual Impairments and Deaf Blindness, CECDVIDVDIDB, and other leading organizations with whom ACB can make 
common cause to develop and execute a public policy strategy to ensure a cross jurisdictional consistency in TVI credentialing that promotes the highest achievable TVI qualifications throughout America and be it further resolved that copies of this resolution be transmitted to AERCECDVIDB, the Council of Schools and Services for the Blind, COSB, Vision Serve Alliance, VSA, and such other um, stakeholder groups as may be identified, as well as to success by site with whom ACB will be engaging in further dialogue. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. All right, thank you so much, Susan. Do I have any board members who wish to offer amendments or speak against this resolution? This is Deb. Yes, Deb. I'm gonna speak against the resolution. So basically, um, if you visit the website of, um, that's um, the website itself is not referenced, but the what the registry is called um, is referenced in the resolution. And so when you visit the website, what you do learn uh, which is not revealed here. It makes it sound like it's some kind of renegade, whatever. Um, you learn that this is actually developed and implemented um, through a subsidiary of AC uh, VREP, which is the um, uh, group that does the accreditation processes and the many other things related to vision impairment. Now that doesn't make it automatically good. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am suggesting is that um, this organization has uh, been a partner with ACB over the years, and um, and it could be doing something that we might not like. But I think to pass a resolution just sort of randomly that doesn't really quite tell the story or doesn't offer some negotiation uh, with them or some discussion or some uh, fact finding before we do could be really very damaging for ACB. And um, I'm not talking about lawsuits or that's not even my point. My point is credibility in the community. And um, when, um, uh, when Mark was asked, and Mark's here, so you'll be able to answer this, when um, when you were asked during the resolution meeting where this was primarily discussed in the public meeting, you were asked if AER has taken a position on this, and you said they had not. So, you know, I mean, <clears throat> if, if AER does not then, you know, that's kind of interesting too. But but I really think that before we come to a conclusion about this as an organization, um, I think we need to actually sit down and learn what the intent is. Um, I did not construe the intent as Mark has portrayed it when I looked at their website, but I think that there's no point to debate that. It doesn't matter what I think. What, what I think we need to do is sit down with the organization um, and find out what the intent is and find out and see whether there's anything we could recommend or encourage that they do to, to be more clear about anything and just work through some dialogue as our partner and as people who have been uh, part of our convention and people who have been part of our process for years. And I think this would be a real shot 
to um, to just do this out of left field. I'm not sure exactly where it should be um, referred at this stage, um, but I but I would like to see involvement of uh, you know neutral parties um, in, engaged as part of the meeting. Mr. Okay. President. Yes, Kim. So I. I guess I'm also speaking in opposition to the to the resolution. And part of the reason for that is um, the first I've heard of this was when I read the, this resolution a couple days ago for the first time. Um, I have been working um, in very close um, connection with ACVREP over the last two and a half years on um, certification for audio description. So I've learned a lot about ACVREP and their processes and Success Beyond Sight is a subsidiary not-for-profit of ACVREP. And ACB is currently working through the audio description project on an online course through um, Success Beyond Sight to have on their online portal for um, providing training for audio describers. So I've had an opportunity to um, get a little bit more acquainted with Success Beyond Sight, which is not a fly-by-night organization by any means. Um, their board of directors is majority blind individuals and I, I just found that this resolution, in my view, is it, it's not the traditional way ACB does business. For our board not to even know that this was an issue or what all the details are of this issue, and then to come out condemning and deploring and you know urging the other agencies of which there are many who are supporting this project, APH, National Braille Press, um, most of CEC, according to what I have learned over the last day or so, um, to me, you know, makes me believe that we don't know enough right now to, to pass this resolution. And I'm comfortable referring it to the board for further action, for more fact-finding, but the one thing that isn't here that ACB would normally do is reach out to Kathy Zider, the CEO of ACVREP, and have a dialogue. And I don't feel like that has happened. And I think that needs to happen before we in good conscience can support this resolution, um, especially in its current form. Now, I, I'm not saying one way or the other that there is an issue that these problems exist or don't exist, but we haven't taken the steps that ACB would normally take to find out what we need to know and talk to the people that have developed this project and work things out and have that discussion. And I just think that this resolution is premature. Uh, All right. Thank you, Kim. Dan, I wonder if I can... Yeah. Can my, my we hear from the resolution maker, Madam Mr. President? I that think that we would haven't... be fine. We yeah. That, so Mark and uh, Lori, I believe we have Lori on as well. So if both of you all would like to speak on behalf of your resolution and maybe answer some of the concerns of Deb and Kim, that would be great. Uh, 
Thank you. Great. So the first version of this thing that we put forth didn't make any reference whatsoever to the organizations or people with whom we work. And just so you understand where I'm coming from, I mean, I don't really want to name names, but an obvious name that I should mention is Ellie Dupre. Ellie is a personal friend. Ellie is the treasurer both of ACVREP and of Success Beyond Site. And I specifically hired Ellie to serve as AER's head of our accreditation program. So when I, I, I only bring that up to say, it's not something that really has nothing to do with Ellie other than just to say to you, it's always been my intention that this resolution not get into organizations or people or personalities. And you know, I think there was some interest on the part of others who heard this resolution during the uh, committee's deliberations to say, well, gee whiz, if we're going to mention this registration, we mention who created it, uh, shouldn't we flag that in some fashion? Which I don't necessarily have an objection to, but I just want to make sure you understand my intention. There's no question that the registry is, as this resolution says, I mean, it's, it is fundamentally flawed, it's dangerous, and it's redundant. And the, the goals that they try to put forth, um, you know, I think the text of this resolution shows you why those three challenges that I'm describing are real. Uh, but I have to say that I'm deeply concerned to hear that people would suggest that anyone, least of all yours truly, would put forth a resolution that would somehow get us on the record when we haven't reached out. Uh, I may have been first vice president for this organization for maybe 20 minutes, but I will tell you that certainly over the last six months, I've had any number of conversations directly involving both Kathy Zider and Ellie, who, I mean, as long ago as January, to talk to them specifically about what in the heck they were doing, quite frankly, to raise my concern. Why is ACB not a part of it? The development, for sure, why was AER not a part of it? But this isn't really about AER. This is really about the extent to which people who have been involved in developing this thing who are not necessarily our friends, but are people who are wanting to put this forward for a whole host of other reasons. I wouldn't even talk about it in this resolution. It's really kind of a marketing strategy for success beyond sight and want to, want to advance. But you can, however, whatever your disposition is on this resolution, be assured that plenty of steps have been taken to reach out and discuss, you know, gee whiz, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And even guys, here are some things you could do to maybe try to fix it, all of which were completely ignored. Uh, I haven't talked to Clark much about this over the course of the last six months. Quite frankly, I was a little bit dubious as to whether they would even move forward with this project for a while. I mean, they've been thinking about this for the last year. Uh, I wasn't even sure they were actually going to move forward with it, and it really wasn't until mid-June when they finally went ahead and released this thing. Uh, but for sure, if, you know, if you want to talk about has ACB been at any tables to discuss this with them, the answer to that is yes. Um, I would say that to be very candid with you, and Lori, you'll hand all in the gavel to you in a second. I think you would agree with the following observation. 
Special education inside of ACB is, uh, we say it's a priority, but we don't all as a group pay nearly as much attention to it and invest the time that we take, let's say, on any number of the other topics like we've talked about tonight on in this area. And so I think it may be a new subject for some people, but I think that's reflective of the relative priority that we give, you know, staying in tune with where the blindness community is going, where it's at and where it's going on special ed issues generally. A few of us are addicted to it because we love it. And I think that's true for a lot of issues, frankly, we do in ACB. So I would hope that there would be, I'm not looking for deference here, but I, I would hope that you would honor the fact that those of us who follow this sort of stuff pretty carefully, we've done our homework and we've tried to do the kind of negotiation you're talking about and it has been utterly uh, rejected. And the last thing I will say, Lori, before I hand it over to you, honestly, guys, if you don't know anything about this, that's not Mark Reichert's fault. It's not Lori's or Deb's fault. It's none of our. It's none of our fault. That is the fault of the makers of this registry, who completely and totally ignored ACB among many other groups in the development of something like this. And I think the work product reflects that uh, dismissal of our role in the community. So I, I'd urge you to consider that. Uh, I will make one plea, and that is, for heaven's sake, don't vote this resolution down. If it starts to look like this board is going to vote it down, it would be far better to have the resolution withdrawn than to have a negative vote. Um, I, 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 I do not accept the idea. Council for Exceptional Children as an overall organization has not endorsed this. Uh, the Division on Vision Impairment and Blindness over at CEC, I think their board president has been involved. I don't know if their board has actually taken a position on it. Uh, I know with absolute certainty that APH may has been considering whether they would forward information on about the registry, but I know I mean, there's a gentleman over there by the name of Paul Schrader. One of you might have heard his name before. Uh, he's heading up their policy act activities. A few other names I could drop. I mean, these folks have said, we don't know what to do with this. AER is kind of holding, our, on my board anyway, is kind of holding off on this, not because there isn't concern, but because quite candidly, I think, I said this at the resolutions committee meeting, I think there are people waiting to see someone take the kind of leadership assume the kind of leadership role that we need uh, so that people have the kind of cover that they need to move forward. Uh, anyway, enough for me. Um, Lori, what have I missed? Help me out here if you can. Well, I guess I would just add that the Special Education Task Force Committee as a whole was deeply concerned about this when it first came about in June and was advertised. Um, and I... And many on the committee did not understand totally where it was coming from. And we know for a fact that there are people that do not hold actual credentials on there. Um, I know for a fact there's somebody listed in New York State who has had her license revoked, but she has entered herself into the database. Um, and I find it rather sad that we ACB would support 
a registry that would have information that was not verified by the maker of the registry. They don't go and cross-check it with any state databases to see if the license that somebody is claiming to have is active. So there's currently at least one teacher of the visually impaired registered on there who has a child abuse reason for her license to have been revoked in New York State. So... If there's one out of the 365 people that were listed on there as of two weeks ago when I last looked, there may be more than one. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that, then, Dan, I'll, I, I, I will go back on mute, uh, is uh, we, you know, every one of the clauses in the whereas, we've researched them thoroughly, where the royal we are in possession of. Um, Emails documenting the fact that any fool can say that they're a TVI, even if they're just making it up. Um, I, you know, the facts of the resolution are pretty clear. And I guess, uh, you know, free, free advice, so you know what it's worth. I mean, if we're concerned about naming groups, perhaps it would be worth going back to the original posture of not specifically calling out a, a, you know, a specific group. Because I do think the problem is with the registry and not necessarily with organizations that we uh, partner with. But this this would not be the first time. I, I, the American Council of the Blind partners with the National Federation of the Blind. We've we've many times voiced very publicly criticism of that group, and we don't have to go. It's too late to go in the evening to talk about the various groups with whom we regularly try to work. Uh, but who we publicly you know, disagreed, uh, hopefully in professional terms. And I think we agree to disagree where we need to and we move forward. It, will, it would really actually be a, a, a good test of how true those partnerships and friendships are uh, if we were to proceed with a resolution like this. Talk about the things we're concerned about after having done the, the due diligence necessary. Uh, if that somehow jeopardizes our relationship with those groups, I'm not sure that we have a decent partnership with them. So with that, um, that's it for, for me for at least a while. Thanks. Uh, Mark, I, I, I asked these questions at the resolutions call on Tuesday where this was discussed. But my understanding, and I understand that you, you know, you in June were a board member of the American Council, the officer of the American Council of Blind. But when I asked Clark if he had any knowledge of this as our uh, director of advocacy and governmental affairs, he said, no, there, there'd been no conversation with that about that. I also asked Jeff Tom, who's the chair of our advocacy steering committee, if any of this had been presented, with, which is a vehicle, an obvious vehicle, for for concerns like this to be raised at any of the advocacy steering committee or advocacy services committee meetings, and he said no. There, there, this was, he he heard about it for the first time when the resolution came up. So my concern is that we have all of these mechanisms in place to have conversations and begin the dialogue, and 
it seems like we're starting with the stick. You know, this, there's no way you read this resolution and say that, that it, I mean, it's, it's very laid out that there's a, um, you know, a lot of statements of things being really done badly here. Yeah, yeah, and they and, are. Well, but but then 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 to me, why if we're if we're ever an organization who's collaborating and working together, how do our how do our director of advocacy and our steering committee um, chair not know anything about it? And we're well, starting I, I with that, a resolution. That, well, I, that, I understand the concern. There's a, there's a major that. miscommunication here somewhere. I, that... I, 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 well, I don't agree with that. I, I'm not entirely sure. First of all, the advocacy steering committee or sort of advocacy service committee would primarily be dealing with things deal, in, the, in the sort of legislative, regulatory, or judicial, in that kind of vein. There, there really is no solution. Truthfully, there's really no solution to any of it. Because well, they're, they're the, not the special hold, hold, education. Hold on, just, hold I, I just on, want to point on. out. No, no. I want to point out that the special education school for the blind task force, the committee chair is a member, an active member of the advocacy service, the advocacy steering committee. Well, and that's lovely. But but the reality of it is that there was nothing tangible for them to respond to even that 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 special ed task force mm -hmm. until June, when we all finally got to see after months and months and months of hearing what was coming and talking with them to actually have something to respond to. But as Lori has already said, they've certainly talked about it. There is no, once, once that registry is deployed, has been deployed, there is no remedy for it they're not going to change it. I mean, it is, when we use the phrase in this resolution, fundamentally flawed, it's not just rhetoric. I mean, there is no way to fix it because the fundamental problem with the registry is that they are trying to, they are inviting people to just simply self-attest to things which could independently be verified and which they themselves don't even bother to 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 verify on their own independently assess whether it's true or not. Yeah, they so, don't vet anybody. But they, that sounds they, like they, a pro that sounds like process to they me. They say they don't. Yes, they actually say they don't. They're very upfront about that. Um, you know, but I think I guess we're we're not going to solve any of that. My, my this is to my other concern is that Regardless, I know, Mark, you said you had a lot of meetings in your capacity as first vice president, but I am looking through the board minutes of all those meetings here in the Dropbox, and I've been looking at that while we've been talking, and I see no evidence in any of those minutes of reporting on those meetings or of sort of an assignment and, um, and sort of... Uh, um, allocation from the board that this is in fact what they wanted you to do so if no documentation occurs and no knowledge is present it's kind of like it, if it isn't there it didn't happen and so this is still when the board is first actually hearing about this so not even at the july board meeting 
did they hear about this? And I have to say they, because I wasn't there. I mean, I was there, but not on the board. So, um, you know, I think there's a fundamental problem that we need to work through. And it doesn't mean that this organization might not end up having a response. But I think to just charge out based on this, as I look at this website, I see the intent rather differently. And I think it might be okay, but I would like to have more information. So I think that the problem is sort of operating in a vacuum from the rest of the organization, but um, we've been talking about allegations allegedly representing the organization in doing so. Well, I, see, I, I, this, I mean, I yeah. think that's a, that's a, hold on, Jeff. That's a, that's just okay. a terrible mischaracterization of it. I mean, the reality of it is whether it's a board function or going right to the ACB membership, we, we, we've engaged on subject matter like this many, many times before. This would be an exception to how we tackle these issues. We've never said in the past, unless certain topics are raised in board minutes, we're not going to do it, or unless they've been brought to the membership previously in previous years, for example, to ask the membership to vote on it, that it somehow is out of order. But I would simply say to you, even if any of that, even if there was merit to any of those arguments, we didn't have anything tangible from them until June, until June of this year. And so if we were to refer the resolution to some other group where we just say, well, gee, maybe the board will look into this. I, I, if we're going to do any referral, it should go to the special education task force, who should be the ones engaging specifically with these groups on this subject. That's where such expertise as this organization has in special education lives. So if, if there's going to be a referral, that's where it should go. Um, I, I do think that we, I, I, I do think that there is certainly a time is of the essence issue here as well. Right now, I think there's just under about 400. Lori may have better numbers at the moment. There's just under, I think, 400 people who have registered with the, with this thing. It's we, we sure don't want to be in a position where we say, gee, after we've looked at this for another six months, nine months, 12 months, now we're, we're convinced finally that this is a problem. And now we're going to say to many TVIs who aren't looking at this very carefully, you know, gee whiz, I'm sorry you made such a poor decision. I think now is the time to... To weigh in, um, yeah, I'll stop for a while. Mr. President. I, I, no, Jeff was next, and then Ray, if you want okay. to be in the queue. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. So Mark, Mark pretty much made my points, but our two experts have come up with a lot of important evidence as to why we should do this. If this was a typical resolution and not coming before the board, but before the membership, I wager 90% to 10% it passed. But we're now we're trying to do something. Well, we're a board, and we need to, you know, not do it. But we need to do it the board way. No, we need to pass this resolution because I believe we have plenty of evidence from our experts that this particular, you know, regimen, this particular registry is flawed. So let's pass the resolution and you know, and tell them in a nice way, if if we can be nice about it, that that it's a, that there is a problem. Ray, thank um, you, Jeff. Oh, Ray. Okay, um, two things. Um, 
this is, again, going back to the argument that's been previously made. It's the first I've heard of this. I mean, not even AFB has talked about this, to my knowledge, or other organizations. I think that, you know, throwing this at us and saying this is urgent, we've got to do something. I'm sorry. I, I, I need a little bit more uh, evidence of that. And the fact that it sounds like our director of advocacy and governmental affairs wasn't even consulted or talked to, you know, our expert in this area. You know, I, I respect uh, Mark and Lori's expertise and all of that, but but I just, I, I feel like this is being thrown at us, do something right now. And frankly, I resent that. And I urge we all vote this down and let's get gather, let's gather our research, do what ACB does, reach out, work with our advocacy folks, get this done. You know, let's come up with some real good, solid uh, evidence of what's going on. I, I just don't see the urgency here. And so therefore I think we need to vote this down and, um, and uh, move forward. And uh, that's what I hope people can, will do. Can Mr. I just President? mention that, that SWATHA is actually the representative to the Special Education Task Force? Mr. President? Yeah, thank you for that, Lori. Uh, go, go ahead, Kim. Well, I, I, um, I find myself in an awkward position because I don't often disagree with my friend and colleague, Mark Reichert, or the expertise of Lori. But I really feel very uncomfortable about the fact that, that, the, that more of the leadership and the board were not made aware of this. If it was a concern in June, why did we only hear about it in September? I, I'm troubled by that. Um, and you guys, you know, you wrote and you justified a lot of things. And I, I certainly hope that they're not true or that it's possible for us to salvage something that, that fundamentally seems like a good idea. But I, I concur with what Mark said earlier, that it would be a shame for this resolution to fail. So therefore, I, I move that we refer this resolution to the board and to work in collaboration with the special education task force to, to reach out and have a, a, a meeting with um, the key players to figure out what is happening and what kind of changes can be made, how we can correct this situation, you know, just identify the details and figure out how we can move forward rather than just passing this resolution and mailing it off and expressing our total disdain for a project that potentially could have been something that was valuable to the field. So as, as the inaugural Kim, chair of the special education task force, I second that. Kim, can I, I would just like to say- Finally amendment. I was gonna support it. I potentially, didn't really gonna, state the 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 emotion as clearly as I would have liked. So please, Jeff. Um, well, I don't know if you'll like it or not. You might though. I would wanted to say how and if it can be salvaged, because right. we don't know that it can. I I would and concur with that. I I don't know at this point either. So that seems like a fair <clears throat> statement to me. Uh, this is Pat. And I'm wondering if we could have a, a date, it could be reported out by, let's say, um, 
the legislative uh, board meeting in the spring, legislative, whatever we call that. The so DC leadership right conference. I right. think I think that this is a time sensitive issue, yeah. and I would I would like to see it happen sooner than later. But yeah. I would say at no no, no later, later than okay. the the you know, the the whatever it is March DC board leadership. meeting DC the, leadership the March, conference yes, board the meeting March yeah. meeting. Okay. But yes. I would like to see some yeah. initiatives happen as soon as possible. So and, and, no and I would then. also. Kim, like beside the the special education task force, which is very appropriate in the in the board ultimately, I, I would like to have the advocacy, advocacy steering committee sure. yes. yeah, yeah, be agree. part of that as well. Because I think do so we this, have a vehicle in place to have these discussions? Yeah. yeah. So this is Mark. I I I'm you're not getting I'm I'm smiling at all of you now. I I don't want to see a vote go down on this. If you want to refer it, that's great. I appreciate the fact that. For many of you, this is a relatively new thing. The only thing I'm going to ask you to just remember, particularly when all of us engage in conversation with our friends who put this registry forward, if, if you don't, just remember that if you don't know about it, it isn't because those of us who care about it didn't want to talk to you about it. We've talked, we've raised it with the resolutions committee. I think the first time I told Gabe that I wanted to do something like this was in late June. It's not his responsibility to let everybody know. Maybe I could have done more. I don't know about that. All I can say to you is just remember that the ultimate responsibility for letting this organization know about a project like this are, is falls with the people who created it. And if you're frustrated that this is the first time that you're hearing about it, that's not your friend's fault. It's our partner's fault who quite candidly expressly excluded this organization and other organizations, including the one that I happen to work for, albeit possibly temporary. I mean, we don't have to get into all the he said, she said. I'm just, I'm telling you, since last year, a number of our groups were expressly excluded from the creation and planning of this thing on the theory that it wasn't necessary to involve. Very good. Okay, I think uh, we've got to a reasonable place here. We have uh, a motion on the table to refer this to the Special Education Task Force, uh, the, uh, the Advocacy Steering Committee, and the board for um, evaluation, discussion, conversation to, to bring something forward no later uh, than the DC Leadership Conference and talk about ways to solve it or maybe state that it cannot be solved and get to the appropriate steps, next steps. Absolutely. So, I appreciate it. Mr. Yeah. President? Yes, Mr. Chris. President, can but, I add a thought, which is that however the, the Special Education Task Force and the Advocacy uh, Committee work on this, that part of the work would be to do a, a spot check or a spot audit or whatever and identify specifically, not that we would make this public, but identify specifically uh, examples uh, such as the one that Lori made, but others where people don't have qualifications or their qualifications are misstated based on, on where they're licensed. Because I think that 
you know, facts matter. And yeah. uh, if we have some of those facts and say that we looked at, uh, you know, 30, 30 of these listings and, you know, these were problematic, I think that makes our case stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sense. think that's a good, good part good of, sense, the, the, of the discussion. Wise advice. Yeah. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. there was somebody after Chris, was it? Yeah. Doug. Doug, thank you, Doug. Go ahead. Yeah, Doug. Um, I just, I wanted to make it clear. I think we're talking about the Advocacy Services Committee, not the Ag Advocacy Steering Committee. No, I'm talking about the Advocacy Steering Committee of which the Special Education Task Force is a member. And this should be discussed in they they have they have monthly um, meetings where uh, all committee chairs are asked to bring any topics to the advocacy steering committee that they're having concerns and want to have dialogue with. Board members are represented besides committee members as well as staff. So it seems like that's the a, a vehicle at least to have these type of discussions. Okay. Mm. Advocacy services deals much more of a specific area tied to like legal matters and getting advice on how public we should, policy process. Public yeah, policies, exactly. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Hope that hopefully that clarified. Thanks, Doug. Any any other comments from the board? And and Mark and Lori, please don't take this the wrong way. We appreciate you bringing this to our attention. It's just I think it caught us all by surprise. So that, that's why I think you're getting the reaction you're getting a little bit. I so. just thought as part of the as part of the special ed committee, it was a good way to bring it forward. Well, if, well I will I say the, now, if, let's, let's if get the vote. If the committee vote. thought the board was an option, we would have done that. Uh, well, we, right. we, we, we definitely appreciate the fact that we now, I think everybody has it on their radar. <laughs> so thank you. Um, all right. And it's going to uh, stay there for a yes. while. That's right. Good, 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 good. All right, so. All those in favor of the motion, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you all so much. And Dan, just one concluding, I, I really do appreciate the fact that you all took this action. I mean, even a referral is good. We need to keep this dialogue going, and I want to make sure awareness is raised. So you're doing that. So thanks. And thank you, Lori. And thank you, uh, Debbie Grubb, for all your work uh, with Absolutely the right. Special Education uh, Task Force. Thank you so much. All right, um, next resolution, Gabe. I think we're down to like the final maybe three, two or three. We we're getting have close. Two more left. Two more. All right. All right. <clears throat> um, not, not to scare you all, but this one was brought forward by Mark Reichert. But this um, is an easy but, one. But this, this, one is is, nice. this one is a very short one, and, and uh, lest I tempt fate, nowhere near as <laughs> controversial. Oh, no, that's the case of death. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's um, terrible. You guys are going to fight like cats and dogs over this. Like right? we'll, we'll, we'll be here tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah. No, this one is on the uh, promotion of mental health uh, let's see, what did I say? On mental and emotional health and uh, well-being as an organizational priority. Right. Whereas the experience of ACB members and others throughout the vision loss community with addiction, mental and emotional health, 
and related challenges requires an urgent and multifaceted response by ACB to address stigma, create a welcoming environment, and include this topic as a meaningful part of our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And whereas this organization has paid little attention to the crisis of mental and emotional health and well-being among people with vision loss, and whereas the specific challenges and service needs relating to the mental health and well-being of individuals with vision loss are largely ignored or misunderstood by the mental health system in this country. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 29th day of September 2021, that the Board of Directors assign to the Advocacy Steering Committee the task of drafting a plan to implement this resolution in order to address this crisis. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. And I think hopefully you I'm muted now. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I, I didn't get my trigger done quick. The resolve clause stuck up on me too quickly. <laughs> you, you were eating that other piece of cheese. That That's right. I apologize. So, uh, all right. Thank we, you we very were all much. Thinking Mark couldn't have written this sort of resolution. No, no, no. There was only one resolve clause. I was like, <laughs> 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 don't encourage him. No. Yeah, exactly. No. I mean, if you want me to go be true to character, I could give you the longer version. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, th thank you, Susan, for the, for the reading. And um, at this point in time, th does the board, uh, anyone on the board want to offer amendments or speak against this resolution? All right, hearing none. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, thank you. And I think- well, And I we, just- Yeah, so thank you. It, Go ahead, it, please it, speak it, more. It, yeah. It just it means More the world shocked. to me that no maybe not not really at all because you all are you all are friends and I just I, this means the world to me and I also I don't know if anyone are listening they're probably all in bed uh, but the resolutions committee folks uh, had all kinds of kind things to say which was of course nice um, but I do think this is a really important step for us and I think others in the committee feel the same way so thanks so much for your support on this one. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Mark. And I think we're we're learning more and more every day. I think our our community and our community events has really helped point this out to us. Absolutely, is, is how how many members of our community are are struggling with different levels of of of, of uh, you know mental disabilities. It's it's it's. It's something we really need to to give more and more focus and attention to. So thank you. Mr. President. Yes, Kim. Kim. So Mark, I just want to say this was a wonderful resolution. It is long overdue. And um, now the hard work begins because what we really need is a plan for what do we do and how do we address this problem? So um don't don't think that you're done, and I know you don't, because <laughs> there's much more work to do to come up with a strategy for what mm -hmm. ACB can do to be effective 
and really make this happen. So it's long overdue. And I'm really happy to see that we unanimously passed it. Thanks, my friend. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. Um, on a real, hopefully happy note, we are now at the last resolution mm -hmm. for the evening. We are. And before I introduce this, I just want to say there was a time I wasn't sure I, that uh, <laughs> we were going to get to this, the last resolution of the year. Um, I, I, I do want to say that uh, in about <laughs> mid-August, looking at the number of resolutions that had had been submitted and uh, kind of the, where we were making progress with, with them, I was panicking. I, I was straight up panicking. I think Dan heard it at one of the meetings one <laughs> night and, and said, uh, would, would it make your lives easier if, uh, if we had a second telephonic meeting for the for resolutions for the board? And uh, as you guys have seen, I think we're at what about five hours worth of five or six hours worth of board meetings for these. So uh, that would have been one really long board meeting. So thank you, Dan, for suggesting that. Thank you to the board for uh, having two meetings on this. And thank you to everybody that's listened and especially to everybody that has submitted resolutions. And uh, what, what yeah, Griffith doesn't know is that we're actually starting we're we're starting a group talk therapy group uh, sessions for <laughs> current and past resolutions committee chairs. Well, and, and, yeah. and Gabe, I I will say, you know, I really was very proud of all the, you know, how many meetings the resolutions committee had, how many of our members uh, and board members participated, all the really excellent dialogue, and it just felt like. Yeah. There was a lot of energy that went into creating these resolutions this year. And I, Mr. And I was Mr. Actually, Chairman, I that I'd ask for a couple of seconds uh, after resolutions were done. But since you said that, yeah, we had a. a I, I figure after the last resolution, these. everybody's going to run out of here. So this is why I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go ahead, go ahead, Ray. You want Mr. to? I, I just want to say, and I think I think Gabe and Mark and people that have been involved in this process will agree with me. This is a microcosm or pretty close to it, I think, of what we want the new resolutions process to look like, where we have meetings, we have community involvement, we have people that come and, you know, are able to understand what it is that we're doing. And, um, you know, that's going to be more important next year when this goes back into the hands of the membership where it needs to be. And um, uh, I, I, I think we've really gotten a good sample of what we can do in the resolutions process going forward. And this certainly has given uh, perhaps some ideas of some things we can even do to even tweak that a little bit. So uh, I, I think it's great. And I uh, thank the committee. And I really, I want to especially thank Susan for, yes. it is not easy Absolutely. to read all this. So. <laughs> yeah. I think she's drafted. Is she for the next? Uh, I think she, we're going to ask her if she's interested she in being yeah. part of the resolutions committee. She just got real quiet. There you go. <laughs> I think what we're going to do is order a case of lozenges off of Amazon for her. I think. Yeah. Nice job, well, and, Susan. Can we get to the last resolution, please? Yes, we, we can. So, Gabe, what real, is our last resolution? Quick, yes. Real quick before we get to this, to, to Ray's point, there are nights where we had. 45 or 50 people on our resolutions community calls. And we were talking about how there ain't no way that we'd ever have that many people show up to a resolutions meeting in person. 
So, um, the, not without violating all, the fire all, codes of the hotel. We're, we're all too busy drinking at the time you guys <laughs> meet. So, yeah. <laughs> so, with that, Dan, are you ready to introduce I, this last resolution for yes, the year? Yes, please, Gabe. All right. This one is on appointments to state rehabilitation councils, and it was submitted by Deanne Elliott. Another one by the resolutions committee member. Very nice. Whereas Congress amended the Rehabilitation Act in 1992 and included provisions to empower consumers with disabilities to be more active participants in their own rehabilitation and Whereas under these amendments, all state rehabilitation agencies are required to have an independent 15-member consumer-led disability majority state rehabilitation council, SRC, to serve as the voice of consumers in the rehabilitation system and Whereas the governor or legislature in each state is federally mandated to appoint members to serve on, R, on SRCs in their state and RCs are required to report annually on their board's activities to the Rehabilitation Services Administration, RSA, which can withhold Title, I, Title I federal vocational rehabilitation funding to designated state agencies, DSAs, that fail to comply. And whereas the regulations implementing the Rehabilitation Act do not specify a time frame for making appointments to SRCs and do not explicitly require appointments to be timely and Whereas excessive delays in appointments to SRCs, often lasting for years, have been reported in multiple states over the past three decades, resulting in SRCs that are effectively disempowered, particularly when they cannot meet quorum, perform their assigned duties, or represent consumers with disabilities as intended, and Whereas governors and state legislatures are not accountable to the RSA and whereas the threat of withholding funding for non-compliant agencies has not been effective because DSAs do not control the appointment process, the RSA rarely, if ever, withholds funding and because the loss of funding would ultimately be borne by consumers in the form of service reductions. And whereas the goal of having full representation for citizens who are blind in rehabilitation system has not yet been adequately realized. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, assembled telephonically on this 29th day of September, 2021 that ACB contact RSA to explore avenues for requiring compliance without harming the ability of state agencies to deliver rehabilitation services. And be it further resolved that ACB and the RSA will send a letter to the National Council of Governors requesting 
dialogue with emphasis on one, how SRCs differ from advisory councils. Two, how incomplete SRCs impede RSA mandated responsibilities such as state agency annual reports and state plans. Three, how incomplete SRCs damage direct and official consumer input into the rehabilitation of citizens with disabilities in general and citizens who are blind or have low vision in particular. And four, a request that governors and other appointing agencies immediately consider pending SRC applications in their state and be it further resolved that copies of these communications be sent to organizations such as NCILBBACSAVR, OCSAB, NCSRC, VSA, and NFB with requests for dialogue about ways to improve the appointment process in the future. Resolutions Committee recommends a due pass. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> hip, hip, hooray. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Talk um, about alphabet soup. Oh, boy, that ended. Yes. Wow. Um, More of a gumbo than a soup. Yes. <laughs> so at this point in time, do we have any board members who wish to uh, offer amendments or speak against this resolution? All right. Hearing none. All those in favor of the resolution signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. And this is an, it is an epidemic it. problem. Oh, yeah. Is it after midnight yet? No, in yes. Florida, in Florida we were down. Yes. In, in Florida, we were down to like three members of our of our state re rehab council out of 15. This is yeah. not specific to rehab councils at all, though, because yeah. I uh, chair the State Human Rights Commission, which is not only governor appointed, but Senate confirmed. So it's fairly important in the governor's office. And yeah. we've been under under commissionered ever since and before the pandemic. So um, yeah. it's, it's actually a problem in state government period. It's not that. Yeah, this is, yeah. And in implementing this, you know, probably a, a more effective, it's not necessary in changing the resolution, but probably a more effective strategy than at the governor's because they frankly don't care. I mean, this is too small a, a, a board for them to be personally much interested in. But um, every state has some authority set up by the governor for this purpose, and it's usually called the, you know, Commission on State Boards and Commissions or something. I mean, whatever it would be. Mm -hmm. And if um, if we can get to those and um, and be there in collaboration with uh, the other entities related to disability that actually also have council shortages and we go in together, that's one of the ways we did this in our state because we were able to get the general agency SRC, the blind SRC, the SILC, you know, State Independent Living Council, and a couple of others who were un undermanned together, mm -hmm. and we all marched on them. 
and we've been we've been full. So I think it's about figuring out the strategy in the state more than um, our RSA isn't going to push the governors, and the governors are not. They're too busy with their whatever, you know. Well, very good. So thank, gosh, thank you all. Thank you for hanging in there. Great job. I wish I lived on the West Coast. And we will all be getting back so together. So you can get to bed at a decent hour. Right. We'll all be getting back together again at uh, 2 o'clock Eastern on uh, October 8th. Isn't that 2 uh, o'clock Central, then? No, no, two o'clock Eastern. It'll be one o'clock. It'll be okay. one o'clock Central. Um, uh, to uh, to on on Friday afternoon to have our four hour board workshop, which will focus on our VTO, our Vision Traction Organizer, which will lay out our one, three, and five year strategic plan, and then uh, and then we'll also have some. Uh, unconscious bias training from Rosalie McNamara uh, from you know um, Lathrop. So those two activities will go on Friday, and then we'll have the board meeting uh, on Saturday. Uh, from uh, from um, I, well, we'll have to figure that out if it's what what makes sense because I don't want to get you guys up too early there in Omaha. That'd be so, nice. Yeah, uh, so maybe it'll be more like ten to six rather than yeah. nine to five, yeah. you know, something like that. And look look forward to seeing all of you that uh, I will get to see in Omaha. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 Oops, we got it on. So so thank you all so much, and stay tuned, and we'll. Uh, We'll all speak. Uh, we'll all speak here next week. So thank you all, all right. so much. Appreciate, Appreciate it. The movie adjourned. The move to adjourned. All right. Second. All those in Thanks favor. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Aye, aye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Night. You too. Rick and everybody. Bye -bye. Susan. Thank you. All right. Bye bye.